Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Zero Year Podcast. I am your host, Denny Duma. This was a fun episode. I think fun is the right word. Um, we had our good friend Liam Ryans back on the show, mostly because the first one was so entertaining, and I hadn't seen him in a while, so it was a good excuse to catch up. Uh, we share some whiskey. There's a lot of stories that go back and forth. Some about real estate. Uh, we get into a little more about uh, depression and his experience with it. Um, it was a really fun, entertaining episode, and I think you're going to find some value in it as well. Uh, let us know what you think. I hope you enjoy. Such a pleasure. That's really, I was thinking about the right thing to say when I saw you, Liam, mm-hmm. and pleasure was the only word that came to mind. Well, Denny, you wouldn't be the first person to say that. <laughs> pleasure comes to a few people's mind when it comes to me. No, I'm kidding. But thank you. I appreciate it. That's what you're... No, that's... Okay. It's a pleasure working with you. Ah! Now that uh, is a mutual feeling, in fact. I... We have never done a deal together. Oh, Danny, we don't have to. We do our <laughs> deals up here. I feel like we have a pretty similar style. It <laughs> doesn't mean anything. By the way, let me just stop and say, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Okay, yeah, we do have a similar working style in that uh, I believe that you and I, uh, we work for our clients, for sure. Um, we have a strong... Uh, understanding of the professionalism involved, but we work for a win-win, and totally. uh, and you know I I like it, of course when my when my client wins, whether he's a seller or a buyer, um, but it's also important to me to have a win on the other side, and I think that that's where uh, you and I are, are are a lot alike, you know. I just like seeing people smile. It makes well, me happy when clients are happy. Very very much so. Yeah. Uh, for some folks, when it's their first transaction, first-time homebuyers, that's that's pretty special. Or getting somebody out of a sticky situation. You know, divorces aren't always fun to be doing. Uh, but, you know, there can be some smiles involved in that, too, when both parties get to walk away, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's going on with you right now? Give me a quick little update. Update. Put this a little bit closer to your face. Oh, there you go. okay. You can move it. Here we go. There you go. Slide right in there. Um, update. What's new with me? Uh, just plugging away. I finished my 100 days. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That was uh, good. Uh, cheers. I see we're drinking again. Yep. Slancha. Cheers, gentlemen. Slancha. I learned how to say that now. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. actually quite comfortable saying it. I was looking forward to some of that rum from Barbados. Ooh. I thought that uh that's a special one. I'm saving that one for a little while. Um okay. Not insulted. <laughs> Pretty insulted. Liam, you got to understand how much of a pleasure it is to be in your presence. I'd hear that a lot. And the example of that is you are now the third person that has come on the podcast for the second time. That's it. 
We've done 53 episodes. You're only the third person that has come back. Does that say something about me? About you? <laughs> or... or... But I was thinking it was say you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I take that as a huge compliment. Thank you for having me back. the the first The first one was quite the experience for me. It was fun, That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we covered a lot of ground, and uh, I I hope we didn't scare too many new young entrepreneurs away from moving forward. I hope we gave them a sense of reality. Reality, yeah. I'm definitely not going to be that guy that says it's all fucking rainbows and flowers. It's not. It, it really isn't. Even when you're doing well, it's not. Well, the thing that you have to remember is that you never make it. There's no it. There's no... There's, there's no you, the finish line is when you're dead. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's it. There's no... Uh, okay, great. Um, I'm here. I've arrived. <laughs> there is no arrival. It's, uh, you need to keep moving forward and you have to continually swim. Uh, that is, that is the truth. Is that a daunting thing that you think about often? Because one of the, like, for me, of, of course, at this point now, we are attempting to scale business, meaning like in most circumstances, real estate agents are, are the business. Liam mm-hmm. Rines is the business. There's no, if you went away for three weeks, you don't do any deals for three weeks kind of thing, right? Whereas in, is that something you consciously think about? Like, I am going to be doing this every day until, the, until I die. <laughs> There's nothing that I can take a step back from unless you scale and have people working with you. But that's a whole different ballgame. You know, like that actually, probably would have been the easier route to go for me personally, because I mean, I have met so many great people in, in the industry mm-hmm. um, and partnerships have been presented to me. Uh, and, you know, uh, I have, I've kind of turned most of them down, but is it, is it daunting to me? No. Uh, I mean, uh, like I can train, I can train, you know, and I'm doing some training. So the idea that it, I'm going to be on my own, I don't necessarily have to be on my own. Right now, I choose to be on my own. Uh, Why is that? Because in some ways, it's almost more difficult to teach. And sometimes the energy that it takes to, to, do, the, to do that teaching um, kind of draws you away from uh, whatever it is you're doing. You know, it's like, it's like giving somebody a, a code to punch in your, punch in, bring up your email. Okay. So it takes the amount of time that it takes for me to teach uh, a password or a code for my email is certainly a lot less or certainly a lot more time than it's going to take me to just do it myself. So it comes down to an energy thing. It's just, it's just easier for me to do it myself at the moment. Um, and also because I have, you know, I'm, I'm a single guy. Uh, I'm not married, no kids, no anything. So I have the time to do these things for myself. There's nothing pressing or pulling me away from it. Uh, I'm sure that when I become a little less work obsessed, 
and more family oriented or whatever, uh, then yeah, it'll be more important to me to be able to take some time. Right. Have you thought that far ahead? Not saying, not saying that a family is far ahead for you, but more just like, have you thought past the idea of working alone? A little bit more so now. Yeah. Yeah. More. Yeah. I mean, uh, approaching 40, which was the reason I've been doing a lot of things. You look like you're, you look like you're 29. <laughs> oh, thank you. Especially thank after that hundred days, you're looking really good. Thanks, Again, man. it's a pleasure to be around you. <sighs> Flattery <laughs> will get you everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, looking into into the the future and then like i've i've also met some some people recently in the industry that i i'm just like man i do not want to end up like you uh <laughs> that is kind of driving me to go to look a little bit more into um backing off from all the first hand stuff maybe bringing on um a few folks and then just kind of stepping back and focusing more on the marketing uh and branding aspect of of creating something um and that can you know like that's that's its own thing that's its own its own startup it's and and there's there's a lot of fun to be had in that too i mean right now i'm still having fun doing what it is i'm doing and uh, but yeah i could see it kind of in the future maybe Next five years, sure. Can we talk a little bit about what's happening right now in real estate world? Because mm. it is, no one really knows. No one really knows that the market has shifted, and just what what is what the what the next six months is going to hold. There's a lot of outside factors that can affect whether we have a really slow spring which it's feeling like it's going to be a little bit of a slow spring. And that typically means the fall is going to be very slow. But at the same time, it feels like a lot of agents are thinking doom and gloom right now. Well, I mean, have you, I have really you seen, the, have see you seen the GVRD numbers right now? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think we were like at our highest, we were like 15,000 last time I checked. 14,500 or something like that. Yeah. I, I expect to so see. Liam's it. talking about number of realtors. So at the peak, like maybe, I don't know, it's probably like late 2017, early 2018. Thank you. H- middle of 2018. Thank you, HGTV. Yeah. <laughs> All that shit. <laughs> Great. There's over 15,000 realtors in Greater Vancouver. And it's slowly dropping. Yeah. Which is, which is great. Uh, I think, uh, like if you don't have the the fortitude to to work for your listings and work for the business that you're that you're bringing in uh it's been it's been nice in the last 3 years i'm sure even though i took a tremendous amount of time off uh you know you any anything that you listed you would have multiple offers on i mean is that fair to say any listing you took in the last Two years? Well, not 2018, but 2016, 2017, I'd say 80% of listings got multiples. And that was insanity. Yeah. Um, 
not i i'm a pretty systems oriented guy and i think that a lot of systems were getting thrown out the window just because people were desperate to make those purchases and like you said we've now we've we've had all these outside factors both federal provincial and you know, i'm going to say municipal as well that totally. have kind of come into play and uh and scared the shit out of people making a buy you know or taking them out of uh purchasing in the first place um you know media media coverage on this stuff has been hilarious as well uh you know uh, on a provincial level i think you know david eb getting involved has been great in the money laundering aspect of things mm. i think it's interesting that eb is a lawyer and they're going after I don't know car dealerships and and realtors and uh, real estate companies, and yet for most of these transactions that take place, you don't need a realtor. You need a lawyer, and I don't think I've seen David Eby go after any lawyers for any of these transactions. I mean, that's just me, but that's one of the largest outside fa- outside factors that are affecting everything. There's, it's created a tremendous amount of um, insecurity in the market. So, yeah, I, I see buyers kind of standing off. Those buyers that can even make the purchase, since uh, we've had these stress tests come into play as well, those buyers that can make the purchase, are they're affected by outside influences such as those which I've stated. What are your thoughts on the taxes that have come into play and how they've been rolled out? So. I'm talking about foreign buyer tax, speculation tax, vacancy tax. Which which time for the foreign foreign buyers tax? <laughs> the time they first rolled it out, and then or the second time they rolled it out at a higher number. 2016, uh, first time. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. Like it was comical. Well, these I are, heard these... the announcement, and I was like, "This has to be an April Fool's joke. Like yeah. this is a gong show." Do you know what happened? No, tell me. <clears throat> 2016. I can't remember the exact day of the week. It was probably like a Tuesday. It gets announced starting Monday. So like they give us five days notice or something like that. Starting Monday, there will be a 15% tax on anyone who is not a Canadian resident or Canadian citizen. Jeez, or, sorry, eh? permanent resident or Canadian citizen starting Monday. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it doesn't matter if you've signed a deal three months ago that completes next week. You will also be subject what? to the 15% really, eh? tax. That, that, that was the shitty part yeah. about that is that they made it retroactive. Yeah. So you have like shaken hands on a deal and the buyer believes that this is how much it's, it's, they owe at the end of it. But deposits are down. Like this is a firm and binding legal contract. There's a deposit in place. (laughs) Apparently not firm and binding. I know that a very good friend of mine who is a hell of a patriot a hell of a Canadian, a hell of a patriot. This guy did uh, two tours in Afghanistan. I'm not going to say his name. This is someone that I look up to immensely. He, to- uh, he, he, wrote, he wrote an article where he just said he's embarrassed. He's embarrassed that the Canadian government would do this retroactively and affect purchases that were already um, a firm and binding. Uh, but this is at a provincial level. Mm-hmm. This was just Greater Vancouver. It wasn't even provincial. It That's right. And then they, then they rolled it out later, and it's yeah. like Kelowna and people from K- 
Calgary that bought a vacation home in Kelowna yeah. uh, like are going to have to pay um, empty homes tax? Well, that was, yeah. Oh, this is yeah. the speculation tax. It's so silly. Yeah. I, uh, I, these are knee-jerk reactions by a uh, government that doesn't choose to consult with professionals that are working in the field. And it, that's, like, it, it seemed, from someone who's very involved in real estate, you as well, it seemed like it was just like a spur-of-the-moment thing. Uh, foreign buyer tax. I think that's a great idea. We're going to roll it out tomorrow. No, so, no research. And I think a lot of the public doesn't really understand how it was rolled out. No, right? I mean, Obviously, I think we that had if, to deal with it. If you pulled a guy off the street and said, hey, so you're American and your kid is going to school here and you have the means to make a purchase here, you made that purchase, um, but you made your purchase in July. And your kid is moving here to go to school. Uh, and your your kid is moving in. He takes possession. Your kid's moving in in September. Just a heads up. I need to collect 15%. <laughs> 15%. On top of PTT, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we got property transfer tax. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. You know, um, I remember actually, here's a funny story. I'm not sure if you're going to keep this in, but, um, so when this tax got rolled out, it was like, it was August long or it was in August of 20, I think you might remember if it was like the last week of July or something. And I think that's right. I think it was the last week of July and it came into effect the Tuesday after the August weekend or something. So I was selling a property for very good friends of mine in Glenwood and Poco. Mm -hmm. Uh, great house, really great house. But there, this like this new coming tax had been like rumored, and and it just gets rolled out. I have the I have the open house like during the long weekend that that month, and then this this fifteen uh, percent foreign ownership tax gets rolled in. I had three groups of people come to this open house, three groups. Uh, that's it. I mean, it was dead and things were, you know, pretty busy at that time. So it was dead. And, uh, so I had offers come like a a set time for offers. So I didn't know if I was going to get anything. Um, but I told everybody, I'm like, look, I'm giving everyone one shot to come by and view the property one last time before offers come into play. So if you, you know, if you wanted to get a second viewing of this, this is the time to do it. Um, but because it's been so busy, I mean, three, three groups, it's pretty busy. Wink. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I want to get everybody kind of through or, or give them a, an opportunity to. So um, these are the times that I'm having people come through. What time uh, between those times can you come? And I gave everybody like the same time. I'm like, so all I have left is like between one and two. So can you come sometime? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then offers were, of course, later after that. So I had these three groups, the only three groups that came the entire time, come through at the exact same time. So, I mean, there was a bit of FOMO going on there, and I ended up getting all three of these groups to put an offer in that night. But um, if I hadn't done that, we would have been totally screwed. As it turns out, we ended up selling the house and they bought a beautiful property um, in the Okanagan for the price of this 
house in in Glenwood in in Poco, uh, where they have a like laneway house or a carriage home mm. that they Airbnb. So they bought this house like they're free and clear the Airbnb because they're like a six minute bike ride from one of several wineries in the area. The Airbnb just pays for everything. Yeah. That's so, the life right there, Liam. So what are we doing here? <laughs> the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to move any completions? No. I had to move one. And I know it was like absolute mayhem with notaries and lawyers. I felt bad for all of my lawyers. Because it was five days, Carl. And usually a uh, legal fee transferring title is like $1,000. They were charging like four to five thousand dollars. You'd call uh, literally. I had one deal that was someone from uh, Asia who was purchasing a property here. At the time, it was my biggest deal in my career. This is in 2016. I'm like, I am not fucking losing this deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit what the deposit is. I need that I'm notch. Not losing this thing. Give me that fucking notch. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, luxury property in Burnaby. Okay. Yep. Who's the market for that? Yeah. Exactly. So if we lose this deal... Are, you mean Mark the is, Irish? Yeah, exactly. They're huge in Burnaby. Yeah. It's those white, white and, guys with red hair. Yeah. Big in nice. Burnaby. <laughs> if we lose this deal, likely market value goes down like three, 400K overnight. Yeah, I would say. So we have to relist this thing and it's not going to get anywhere near where it was. So it was like frantic. It was like, Laura, 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 Laura. Yeah, we're going to charge $5,000. We can do it, but we'll charge $5,000. And at that point, the seller is just like, let's just do the Who cares? Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. And so luckily it completed. But I knew agents that had like multiple deals collapse, meaning like subject removal, done, deposit in place. Buyers are just like, screw you. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that there was an awful lot of deposits lost during that or like at, at least a tremendous amount tremendous amount of like legal battles for those deposits what i was really disappointed about with the provincial government was that they didn't they didn't think about the trickle down effect right so at that time if they had consulted any people that actually worked in the industry they would have understood that the market was so crazy that mm-hmm. people were purchasing before they sold yeah. They knew their house was going to sell in five to seven days. Everyone did. So th- let's say Joe and Susan, they've lived in their house for 45 years. They are downsizing. They've purchased a condo. They've put their deposit in. It's a firm deal. Then they list their house. Someone purchases it. They're not a Canadian citizen. Now this fucking 15% tax comes in. Buyer X doesn't want to pay 15%, so they walk away from the deal. Now Joe and Susan are getting sued by the person that they purchased from because they're not able to complete because they can't sell their house. So that was what I was most upset about. Do I care that I have to scramble for five days? No, I can deal with it. If I lose one deal, I'm not that concerned. But the trickle down effect of like that type of person who whole life savings is based on this transaction that they're going through. Yeah, they've been saving up I their entire life. I think they really lives. screwed up there. Saving up their, there was, their entire life. There was a ton of agents that I talked to that had clients in that situation that were just screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the uh the thing that bothered me the most is it's my job like i i love it when one of my clients at the end of the transaction goes here's your money the fuck did you do for it right because <laughs> i love i love making sure that it's so seamless they feel like we didn't do anything at all that's my favorite i know i've done a really really good job when they're a little bit pissed off about what they're paying me because <laughs> because it means that they have no idea about any of the rest of it. Now, when these during this particular time when when this was instated as quickly as it was and there was no um real time for us to give everyone anyone a heads up, it created an awful lot of stress. Um an awful lot of stress on a lot of people. And as you know, as realtors, as uh, these our clients' agents, it's our job to make it as seamless as possible. Well, it was almost impossible to make it seamless and easy a transaction uh, when this comes into play and the amount of sleepless nights I'm sure that a lot of my clients had because of it. That's what's unforgivable or unforgivable to me, and that's that's the thing that, that, that pissed me off the most is that I couldn't I couldn't protect them from this. This wasn't something that I had already foreseen and I had already like had time to give them a heads up about, you know. So that's the thing that pissed me off. So one of my biggest pet peeves is you need to understand that we are dealing in residential transactions. Often this is the biggest purchase sale of a person's life, biggest investment of their life. We need to understand that it's a highly emotional and stressful time for these people. There's information that can be sorted out in the background between a mortgage person and a realtor or whoever that is just going to piss off and stress out the client that they don't need to worry about. I remember one transaction particularly, I can't remember the exact details, but it was like a mortgage person was missing one document Mm. and they called the client Mm. and said, we don't have this document. We can't fund the deal. It was like four days before completion. And so they call me literally freaking out and swearing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I have literally no clue what you're talking about. And so I call the mortgage person and they're like, oh, there was like a, a missing signature on this. Like yeah, we just, oh, they we put did an the initial signature. where the signature should have been. And I was like, so, why didn't you fucking call me? Why are you calling this person who you know it's a stressful, emotional time for? Call me. My job is to put out the fires. I'll handle it. And they don't even need to know about it. That is my biggest pet peeve. And I like verbally abuse these people, not clients, mortgage people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Or don't understand that this is an emotional time for people. These things can be sorted out without pissing off a client. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's what Uh, annoys me the most. Like I said, I I love it when they're like, what'd you do? (laughs) Because there's so much 11th hour bullshit that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, they don't know about. And it, I mean, of course, uh, if I need to bring it to their attention, then then that's great. Uh, oftentimes, I don't. And then we'll all be hanging out a little bit after. I'm like, so guess what? <laughs> You're never going to believe this is how close this came or this is what happened <laughs> or whatever. And they're like, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean back to the the uh the tax thing that's that's what drove me nuts is because you're just like me some of the reasons why 
we enjoy each other's company so much is that uh um i like to keep it uh as as smooth as uh as possible and then so do you so when they when they rolled that out it was terrifying it's terrifying to my sellers who had just listed and they're like <clears throat> are we way off now and i'm like i i don't know you know well we're gonna have to see this is the first time in my career that a 15% tax has been rolled out in about a week. Well, that's the thing, right? Is we had one, <clears throat> it was a, we had a listing East Burnaby. I remember this so specifically. Um, house in East Burnaby listed at 1299. Across, a house across the street had just sold for 135. Really similar. We had listed that Monday. The tax gets announced on like Tuesday, Wednesday. Immediately a call goes to the seller like, like we should probably take it off the market and wait a month or two and yeah, see, see how happens. this plays out. And and they're like, no, we'd like to go ahead. So whatever, we have open houses. We look at offers the next Monday. We got one offer. Offers for one two five, so a hundred thousand dollars less than what the next door neighbor had just sold for. And I show this offer to the clients, and I remember the conversation so vividly. I'm like, I don't think you should take this. It's subject free. It's one two five. I think we should wait. And they're like, well, what's going to happen if we wait? And my exact response was like, I've never seen this before. No one's ever seen this before. Is it going to be like a one month blip, six month blip, three year blip? I, I don't know. If it was my property, I would take it off the market, wait three months and see what happened. And these are the risks involved in doing it. Exactly. But they're like, we want to downsize subject free. <laughs> we sign it. It's done. Yeah. And they took it. So they lost. I have one client who lost a hundred thousand dollars overnight because of that tax. Now that being said, do you think they made the right decision? Um, they would have had to wait in. So looking at it, if they waited nine months, so this was in August of 2016. If they waited till April, May of 2017, it's like nine months. They probably would have made that 100K back. Okay. But if they sold today, it would yeah. be lower than 125. Hmm. It'd be under 12 probably for that property. So, like, again, per- perspective is very important in real estate. We it's get facts. Especially in Greater Vancouver, we just throw around these big numbers like they're nothing. But it, it really is just like, this is what the market is demanding. Is a stock worth a dollar or a hundred dollars? It's what the market decides the stock is worth, right? Yeah. I, uh, being a Kamloops boy, still in my heart. Yeah, we throw around these numbers. Yeah, I say 500. I say 1.5. I say on my stupid, on my stupid, on my stupid, uh, open house videos. You know, I'm talking about a property that's worth $1,550,000. And I'm like, 1.5-ish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, we just throw, we throw around ish and we throw around these numbers. And, like, it's... <laughs> that's the funny thing for me is that... It's a lot. The numbers you know? are getting so big in Greater Vancouver that we're just, we're, we're lowering them to 1.5. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> $1,500,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, one five. Yeah. 
not even like 1.5. Yeah. <laughs> one five. Yeah. One five ish. Everyone just gets it. One five ish yeah. means <laughs> one point five five, but maybe like a little bit below. It's disgusting. The reason that I say it's so disgusting is because number one, I'm selling, I will be selling uh, my family home in Kamloops. The only home I've ever known I grew up in. Really? This is fucking heartbreaking. It is. Uh, but it's time for mom and dad to downsize. Uh, and so that, you know, like I know, I know the value that this home that I grew up in has to me personally. And it's mm. immense. But the numbers in Kamloops are certainly not what they are here. For example, driving around this neighborhood, Queens Park. I like it. Would I live here? Yes. I certainly would. What are the starting prices around this neighborhood? One five-ish. <laughs> right? So, like, looking at those numbers and I'm like, well, what is that for a down payment? Oh, my God. The down payment is probably more than my beloved family home is in Kamloops that I grew up in that has had so many amazing memories for me and my friends and, and everything. Yeah, we throw around these numbers. Um, and they are immense here. When are you going to be selling that? Uh, should we buy it for like a party house in Kamloops? I was going to say, we need to, like, I would like to be there for the party, but I think we need to have a party before we sell it. Yeah. We, yeah I don't know, I think I don't know should, why yeah. I'm saying we. No, 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 like, <laughs> I'm not going to be selling Seriously, uh, my buddy Scotty came with me because he's one of my best friends. And I'm like, look, I'm not sure how much longer this, this home is going to be in my family's name. So we should probably, like, do some stuff this summer. If I get invited this summer, you I'm, I'm going to make... You have make... a standing invitation. I don't need to be there. My parents watched our first podcast. They're like, that Denny kid, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good kid. The only yeah, yeah, I don't uh, need to be there. I you have can... to show up with senior froggies, right? Oh, do you even know <laughs> how good that fucking hot sauce is? We should. Did we, we talk sh- about this on the first podcast, girl? No. You, oh, oh, you don't man. know about senior froggies? Senior oh, frogs? Man. No, we senior never did. <laughs> is this weird chain that tried to be started in the eighties of like Mexican fast food out of Spokane, Washington? It's like the, a Taco Bell, right? It would have been a Taco Bell, yeah. except the only place that there's like still senior froggies is Kamloops <laughs> and Spokane, Washington. That's it. There's like, there's two major places that have a, a franchise and this, uh, yeah, we need to go. Cause the first thing I do when I roll into Kamloops, mom and dad know on my first day, it's like, I don't make dinner cause I'm stopping by and I'm grabbing like 10 crunchy tacos. And that's, <laughs> that's just, that's what's going to be a happening. Pail of hot sauce. And a tub of hot sauce. Actually, we figured out, like, because I got a lot of folks in the office. Uh, I'm like, you need to try this. And they tried, like, that's great. They like it. So I kind of give a poll or I ask around, like, hey, does anyone want hot sauce while I'm in Kamloops? And I come back. And between that and my friends, I went in and I, I put in my order. And the girl was like, we just made it. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, this is like 21 liters of hot sauce. <laughs> She's like, we need like a day to, to, to make more so that we can serve Kamloops before you bring it back. <laughs> like, okay, I know like uh, James has the whole Steel and Oak thing happening. We need to really talk about opening up one of these fucking franchises here. Are we talking about a full senior froggy franchise or just a hot sauce manufacturer? 
I think we, I think they go hand in hand. Mm. Like, I think we'd have to make some tacos, which I mean, you know, I've been to, I fucking love tacos. I've been to play a Tropical on a Friday night and there's like a two hour wait. Is it that busy? It's, I've only been there for lunches. Yeah, there's like crazy live music. By the way, mm. it's, they have the best margaritas in New West. I'm yeah. just going to throw that out it's here. It's solid. Um, full recommendation for me. Full for recommendation. Place. Play a Tropical. Yeah. Uh, I, we went there when I wasn't back on the sauce and I saw the margaritas go out. And I'm like, I'm like, this is the coolest place. There's, there's a shit ton of fun stuff happening in New West. I know. Um, I think I'm going to move here. I'm going to buy that house for one five-ish. <laughs> and come out. Because I had a banh mi from like a banh mi Vietnamese. There's a Vietnamese sandwich shop. Did you know that? Just off of like up from Columbia? I do. I haven't I, been there. It's. I know it's there. Bananas. Really, really great. I've seen a couple concerts at the Columbia in Lost of the Well. Mm. Um, but do you want to go to the Columbia tonight for a guitar show? Yeah. We could do that after this. After this, yeah. I, my plan was to go home, eat food, yep. and work. Or <laughs> <laughs> the immediate reaction. That sounds great, but let's... <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm not going to give it a but. I'm be like, or um, we get tacos and then go to the Columbia Done. for a rockin' guitar show. Can you drive me home? Okay. Yeah, that's, Carl? Uh, yeah. Carl? Yeah. Carl? Okay. Great. That's, that's great. Just keep them coming then. Um, okay. But seriously, yeah. about this thing in Kamloops this summer. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You're, you have a standing invitation. Do your parents like beer? They don't drink. Yeah. Okay. I know. My, I, you were, I, yeah, I know. Uh, my yeah, thought I was going to be to, if I get invited to Kamloops <laughs> for a weekend party mm-hmm. with Liam and the Ryan's family. You know what you could bring? My mom? Gonna, I was going to bring a keg of beer from Stone Oak. Oh. Well, that could just be fun for yeah, everyone. You. Everyone, <laughs> coming, <me> you. <laughs> everyone coming to the house. Uh, yeah, my mom would probably be stoked if you brought her like an Ikea catalog. That is the farthest thing from what I was expecting. Yeah. I, was, I was expecting yeah. like flowers. She likes those. Yeah, she likes mm. those. Um, Ikea catalog though. Because of how many times browse, she's eh? asked me to bring one and I, and I don't. And you could just show up the first time and be like, this is for all the times that Liam let you down. Can you just sign up online and get a free catalog sent every month to you? <clears throat> okay. Uh... <laughs> Can you do that? I'm pretty sure my parents got a free Ikea catalog every month. Or maybe like once a season, every three months. You, you probably could. <laughs> uh, how, and they're learning. They're getting so much better with computers. They are. They're getting better. I'm. You know what? You can set her up for that uh, on the computer in Kamloops. Maybe that can be my welcome gift. It could be. Oh my god, she'd she'd die for that. <laughs> Does she yeah. have an email? Yes. Perfect. That's all you need, I think. Yeah. Okay. Email well, and an address. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she's still they're, they're still of the the mindset where they they like copies. They like a paper copy. And to be honest, uh, my father worked at Weyerhaeuser for a number of years, and pulp and paper put food on my table. So, all those paper haters, suck it. But that was a thing a long time ago. Not a long time ago, 29 years ago when you were born, that was a thing. Pulp. 
Yeah. Well, 29 years ago when I was born, my parents had a fish and chip restaurant. That sounds better. Yeah. It was, <laughs> Just for me. So it's okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a funny story. Uh, I don't even know how much you're going to keep of this, but this is a pretty fun story. We do not edit. Everything is... Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Long, awkward pauses. Okay. Um, this is a cool story about mom and dad. Is that uh, my dad was a diamond driller forever. Many, many years. Really? Okay. And like Where? All over BC, okay. some, uh, some places down in the States. Hmm. This is back when they used to drop my dad and his crew off on the side of a mountain. And they would like build their cabins and drills. And it's called diamond drilling. They're not drilling for diamonds. They're drilling with diamond bits. And so these guys hmm. would do the exploratory stuff. So a geologist would take a look at the land and go, okay, I think that there's a chance that there might be this mineral here or this mineral here. So they would have these guys, the, the drillers, like thrown onto the side of a mountain for six months, pull up core samples, and then see what's, what's in that mountain, right? So my dad did this for forever. And he'll crack out his books and, and show you like some photos and Polaroids of where they were. It's totally incredible. Um, and like, that's like a man job. Like those, are, those, are, those were men, men. That were living, like, building cabins on the sides of mountains and, and building, building their drills. And then we're out there for months on end. So this was what he did. And the time that him and my mother were away from each other was, was, was huge. They, they wouldn't see each other for months. So then they moved to Kamloops. Okay, I just want to say one thing on that story. And I don't think I would be able to survive that type of career. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. props to him. Not that I would, I don't think I'd be like Derek Zoolander. I don't think it'd be that bad. Like, get the black lung. Oh, man. I, I'm, after one fucking shift in their mind. Jesus. I, that I, is legit. That's hard. You know, well, another, like, uh, a, a trades guy that is a good friend of mine, uh, Scott. I told you he came to camps with me. He was, like, he was looking at some of the stuff my dad did, and he was just like, that's insane. Awesome and insane. I, yeah. And I think that, like, the I, I'd be torn. I I mean I'm not afraid of hard work. That's for sure. Uh, I mean we do that all the time. Although it's a bit different. Um, but it was the, it's the wilderness aspect of things that I think would probably work for me. And I'd be mm. like, oh, okay. So this being out in some of the most beautiful country in the world that like very few men have stepped on. Like that's that might be the. Uh, what would weigh it out for me? Yeah, the work, the work aspect of it would, would suck and be pretty tedious on the side of a mountain, I'm sure. But being, getting to see that kind of beauty, especially in some of these parts in British Columbia that are like in northern BC, where you just, nobody gets to see that, you know? My dad saw lightning in a, in a snowstorm up there. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny story in its own right. Um, did yeah. you take a photo? No, but the guy, the, the, the old... <laughs> that was a joke. Like, the old, well, what year was that in? I don't know, 1975? The old driller, the old driller that he was with. Um, they've been out there for a long time. Um, and the old driller that was out there with my dad, my dad saw like the flashes of lightning in the snowstorm and didn't want to say anything because he wasn't sure if it was like he, he maybe he'd been out in the woods for too long on his own. Yeah. Uh, and so he saw these flashes and he didn't want to say anything to the driller that he was working with. 
Um, but he, <laughs> the, the jeweler looked over and he goes, I see it too, Ken. <laughs> and so I had this like this moment of uh, my dad not wanting to sound like he's you know getting cabin fever legitimately, and then this old guy just looking over and goes, oh, "I see it too, Ken. It's okay, you know, it's lightning in a snowstorm." But uh, anyway, back to it. Like, so mom and have dad. Have you ever seen any cool natural storms like that? Because as yeah, soon as well, you said lightning in a snowstorm, it like flashed in my memory. I was in North Dakota the year after I graduated high school, my first year of university. And there was a tornado that hit a town like an hour and a half away from us where we were in the university. And I remember that night, like sitting out, staring out the window, just taking photos of the sky. Cause it was just like bright flashes of purple. And it was just lightning that was like literally lit up the entire sky and purple Sheet lightning when it goes sideways. Yeah. 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 It was, in, it was, I can remember it so well in my head. And at the time, poor college student, I had this cr- shitty Nokia flip phone, I remember. And I had taken some photos and it was like the background of my phone yeah. for like a year or something. But like, it's just blurry. Sh- like you really can see. It literally yeah. just looks like a purple flash kind of and black. Yeah, but think about it. You <laughs> it caught so it. You caught it on your flip phone. <laughs> like you good, hit right? the button at the same time that you could catch a lightning flash. You so. don't understand how crazy it was. It was probably like an hour and a half, two hours of just like flash, flash, flash. Like every seven, eight, ten seconds. Yeah. It was so crazy. It was, I've never seen anything like that before. We, I mean, I got lucky with electrical storms in Kamloops because mm. it's like a desert and it's dry. But when, when spring happens there, there's some pretty significant electrical storms and they're they're awesome you know you get the you get the wind blowing through the valley and the sky will be really light and like you'll see sunshine on one side and the other side is just black over the over the mountains and you and you see all these lightning strikes and stuff and yeah it's uh it's neat but a snowstorm i don't think i ever saw it in a snowstorm so i'm gonna finish my original thought sorry go so okay so uh this is what my dad does for a long time. And then he, they moved to Kamloops and he buys a restaurant because he wants to spend more time with his family. So my mom and my dad have okay, not... That, that's a mistake right there. <laughs> well, it was I intense. grew up in restaurants, right? My dad ran bars since 15 years before I was born. Mm-hmm. And that is not a good business to be in if you want to spend more time with your family. <laughs> well... It's like the opposite. I mean, my, uh, my dad, the, the thought in his, and this is what he told me, and this was a long time ago he told me, but when he was traveling in Ireland, he'd been to Galway and he had fish and chips on the seawall there or something like that. And he said it was just amazing. And they a huge fan of fish and chips. And my mom being from Ireland, he was just like, this is just, there was a, a fish and chip restaurant for sale. And he's like, this just makes sense. So he went from barely seeing my mom to all like all of a sudden we are living together and we are working together and uh it's every day How and it's twenty four hours. I was an infant. Oh, okay. Um Yeah, I was a baby. And uh but I mean yeah, they they told me their their first night and it was right across from the Memorial Arena. And back then the Blazers were like the <laughs> WHL team. Yeah. I mean, everybody uh, that later went on to the NHL passed through Kamloops. Like, we were 
on top of things. And so my parents' restaurant was right across from the, uh, you know, like the, the rank where they played. And so it was like either super busy, especially like on the hockey nights, or it was like super quiet. But the first, the first night that my parents had like a real busy night, um, both of them said, fuck it, we're out of here. At the same time, my dad's like, fuck this, I'm out. He's like, not gonna, he's not, he's not on the, uh, on the, um, on the fryer anymore. My mom's like, fuck you, I'm out of here too. <laughs> and they told me that they're like out the back door. And I still, I can still remember the, the layout for this restaurant because I was little and I, I spent a lot of time there. But, you know, they told me that they like, they literally got stuck in the tiny exit door out the back of the restaurant. Um, trying to fight each other to get out, <laughs> and I can only imagine the looks on the on the staff just going like, "Okay, these these are the the ownership is li- literally just like fucking taken off." <laughs> yeah. So how they managed to do that was uh, was beyond me, but you know that was uh, and that was what they did for my dad to go from that to spending all of that time. It's crazy. Hashtag relationship goals. <laughs> I'm excited to meet them. Mm. This summer. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. We should go sooner than later. I'll probably want to like have that place listed no later than you know, maybe September, I guess. Try and catch the fall market there. Can so. I make a request? Yes. I would like to be in the feature photo of the MLS listing. Okay. Yes, you can. Beautiful. However, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I want you to put your G and D marketing to use Ooh. and market it uh, as best you can. I am very happy to share on all of our social. You're not going to get a fucking dollar for it. I, I don't. I want zero. <laughs> But we'll have a picture of you, know you what I want? standing in front of it. You know what I want? Something you promised me last time you were on the podcast. Or last time I, we had an in-depth conversation. Some fucking hot sauce from Senior Froggies. Yeah. You told me you'd bring me some. I haven't been back. I only was <laughs> back the, the, one, the one time we were leaving. Getting out of town. And we just decided to keep driving instead of stopping. Waiting. We left at like 9. Senior Froggies doesn't open until 10. I'm just so. kidding. You shouldn't I would be. gladly share. Here's the problem: your is like once once you try with it, me in the feature photo. <laughs> once, you, once you try it, George Costanza pose on the sofa. Yeah. No, I want, I want you to do like one of your split kicks. Yes, I'm actually. I actually did one of them today. I'm getting really good at those. Yeah, yeah, I, I can. I can see that. And then yeah, and then you will put your marketing machine to work. Uh, for it. Are, you, are you checking your phone right now? I am showing Carl my split kicks. How many pants have you been through? Well, what's interesting, Carl, you is that he, he has a folder <laughs> that's just split kicks. <laughs> I wish. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Like a floss folder, like a split kick folder. <laughs> Look at that one. Look at that one. Look at that one. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's getting good. Hmm? Well, it's amazing. Is that that's Rosie on anything? Yeah, jumping over top of Rosie. God, she's the best. Ah <laughs> oh, man. She deserves better than you guys. I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't know how. 
I love that gal. You're having a pretty good night, 2019. This year? Yeah. yeah. You're having a good start. Yeah. Well, uh, I think so. What are you sure. doing that others are not doing? Working. Because there is a lot. Let's go into detail on the definition of work. Mm. There's a lot of people that are struggling right now in real estate. Yes. I talked to I talked to a, a friend's dad the other day, and <clears throat> called just like checking in. <laughs> He's like, "How are you guys doing?" So I tell him how years going, whatever. He's like, "How many listings do you have?" And I tell him, "It's like holy shit, one of my." friends is not that he's busy he does like maybe 15 deals a year hasn't done a deal in 2019 oh yeah he's sitting on goose egg dude, zero dude 40 percent of agents right now in the gvrd have done one or less 40 percent is that accurate last 40? time last time i heard yeah that's a significant amount mm-hmm. the sky is falling what are your thoughts on that when I think people talk when people talk about skies falling, forty forty percent is a big number. Forty percent of people haven't or done one or less. Does that affect you in any way? Me? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It it affects all of us. What are your thoughts though? I think it's time to call your past clients. I think I think that that this is a relationship business. You know, one of the first things I do when I take a new listing or if I have a buyer is I start calling agents that I've had positive transactions with. I mean, like, hey, man, you got anybody for this? Or what do you, what do you have? You know, just reaching out to uh, an agent that you've done business with in the past. And maybe this is one of those agents that hasn't done a deal yet in 2019. And he just hears from somebody else that actually had a positive transaction with him asking about how he's doing mm-hmm. or asking about what he's got listed or if he has any buyers and what it is they're looking for and how can I help you? I think, how can I help you should be your motto for 2019. You know? In order to have that luxury to be able to call this database of agents, you have to have treated people well in the last few years. Yeah. And a lot of people don't focus on that. And that is one thing that I am so curious about is why don't people treat people well? Oh, okay. You have to, like, so many people are concerned about short-term results, right? Yeah. I want to get this one deal done because I need to make $7,000 and move on. Oh, okay. So there's, like, there's... You there's, need to think long-term. There's two pieces of advice that came to my mind immediately when you just when we just started talking about this. Um, and I get excited about this because this was two very, very solid pieces of advice from two incredibly adept agents, one of which who has gone on to create... A, a marketing group that is just m- mind-boggling how, how big his business has gotten. But also, one of my very early um, mentors uh, explained to me, because I was coming from the automotive industry, uh, where things were a little bit more adversarial from <laughs> seller and buyer, and a little bit more cutthroat and a little bit more savage than they certainly need to be, at least on the exterior of real estate. Like, she told me this piece of advice. She's like, look, uh, the other agent is not your enemy. They are not your adversary. You need to treat the other agent um, as well as you treat your own client, if not better. And that 
there's a lot of stuff she said that didn't stick with me, but that's one of the things that did stick with me, and I, I, I do my best to, to make that happen every single time. And uh, there are not, I mean, there's probably a few, but uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of agents out there that would be like, yeah, that Liam guy, he's a real dick. <laughs> I fucking, I, I hated doing business with that guy. He was a prick. Why would anyone assume otherwise? It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you treat the person that you're trying to do a deal with like shit? You know, the... And there's so many people out there that just don't get it. God damn. Carol, all right. Carl likes whiskey. I'm starting to really like it, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think uh, we should talk about like maybe like a 13-step program uh, (laughs) as soon as we finish this. (laughs) Or 100 days off. Or 100 days off. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't even... Okay, can we just like maybe do the podcast another time and just have like <laughs> this time be like we just hang out and shoot the shit? This is, that's the definition of a podcast. That's the I definition of my podcast. Well, I love We just hang out and shoot the shit. That's great. It's great. So here's a nugget of wisdom for all you. <laughs> no, fuck. You said, okay, you said one piece of advice. Treat people that you're dealing with mm, and the other, as good or better. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything so treating someone better than a client. So I would say as good as a client. Sure. I think if you're treating someone better than the client, you're doing something wrong. Well, uh, on the exterior, exterior and interior are two different <laughs> things. There's been times when in my head, I want to find out where this agent lives, bar all the doors from the exterior, <laughs> and light that motherfucker on fire. Literally watch them and their families burn in this house. I've thought about that on the inside, on the outside. Thank you so much. This is amazing. It's been a pleasure doing business with you. I cannot wait to do another transaction with you again. Sure. Uh, exterior and interior, too. We, we, need to keep, we need to keep those those firmly separated. But there's been a lot of times when I'm like, I would eat your heart uh, in front of you before um, blood loss takes your eyes. So. <laughs> That's a clip right there. <laughs> blood loss. Hashtag blood loss takes your eyes. <laughs> yeah. No, I have had many of these conversations uh, with, with agents where the hardest thing I've had to do is keep the blood vessels in my eyes from rupturing because I just want to snap uh, and, and, and you don't. So. Do you have any tips of like, or scenarios maybe, but of what people are doing wrong in our industry right now? What are agents doing wrong? Because to me, looking at 2019, our sales are down a lot. We're st- I was actually surprised. I looked at uh, the real estate board of Greater Vancouver's website the other day. We're in President's Club currently for 2019. Yeah. That's top 1% of the industry. Yeah. Our sales are down from last year, probably like 30%. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised to see that, but it just goes to show that like the in the oh, market has changed. Here's, it's a different market this year. Here's, We're the, not, here's the thing with Presidents Club and, and Medallion and, and all that. It's it's number of transactions. Exactly. That's based on a on a on a scale. Yeah. So great. You know what makes me horny? GCI. Yeah. And and that's what like that's what I what I focus on and what I go after. Actually, I didn't really focus on and what's, that. What's uh, what's GCI? Gross commission income. So that's like that's your dollar dollar bills, mm-hmm. y'all. That's cream. It's cream. 
This cash rules everything around me. And also, uh, did you know Wu-Tang is coming to Vancouver? I did not. Okay. So this might be something we should talk about there. I think you will be there alone. Without me. It's not my, it's not my thing. Are you kidding? Right I now? am not joking. This interview is over. <laughs> do they do any country music? Just pulling a Ben Shapiro right now. <laughs> 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 Take my mic off. <laughs> Fuck you for asking hard questions. <laughs> Watch the Ben Shapiro interview. Yeah. Just, just okay. I'll YouTube it. Yeah. It's good. Okay. You know that one, Carl? Solid. It was in the news recently. Yeah. Yeah. Dude is like a conservative pundit in the US. Just a jackass. And he got asked some pretty hard questions by a very conservative English uh, anchor, actually. And Shapiro ended up calling him, like, a lefty just for, like, asking him the questions that he was without even really knowing who he was. It's amazing. It's... It, it speaks... Are we... Am I going down this rabbit hole? It speaks yeah. a lot to uh, the polarization that just happens in the U.S. just because you say that you might not agree with one that someone else disagrees with. So, like, if you say that, you know, pro-choice, then you're obviously left. If you say, you know, like, it's just, it's, the polarization that's happening down there is just insane. And this was, like, a perfect example of that. Was that uh, this uh, fairly right-wing, not quite alt-right, but, like, pretty... pretty very conservative, very, very right. Very conservative, uh had no idea who he was speaking to and just because this guy might disagree or ask a question or even play devil's advocate which I think that he was doing more than anything um, Shapiro just lost it and like got up and left <laughs> Call, called him a lefty which was which is amazing anyway right so what are we talking I about hear, I want to hear what you have to say about that question though so my my question was yep. what are agents doing wrong right now in 2019, obviously the market shifted. It's not multiple offers. Sales numbers are down. What are mm -hmm. people doing wrong? Because I have a pretty, it's you know, that's... I have a pretty big. I don't know if it's advice, but it's just like a comment of like, wake the fuck up, kind of thing. Well, wake the fuck up. But I mean, like, what are we doing wrong is uh, we're maybe... Because we, you're having a pretty good start to your year. Yeah. We're whatever, four and a half months in. Yeah. You're doing pretty well. Yeah. You were in the top 20 of Keller Williams Canada-wide last month, weren't you? Uh, top 25 in Canada. Top 25. A couple months in a row. No big... <sighs> Deserves another no, drink, I think. Actually, oh fuck. Okay, <laughs> holy shit. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, then. Uh, here, okay. Here's my advice: put your head down and fucking work, and quit looking at numbers, and 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 just do it. Um, because that's what I was doing. I had a a pretty hefty bill come up that I had to take care of for like. Uh, about 25 grand and I paid it in a month because I just 
put my head down and fucking worked. And that was it. Um, not everybody, like, Kenya medical, Kenya medical system's pretty fucked up, but <laughs> we're not, we, we're not going to get into that. Anyway, uh, what, what I did is I, I just, I just, I just got it done old school. I started calling people that I'd done transactions with. I got back to the whole networking aspect of, of what it is we do. And how about networking with your own clients? How about that? Weird. You know, like that's uh, not an alien concept or shouldn't be an alien concept uh, to, to most of us. But, th- but that was it. And, you know, when I, I had people come up to me in the office and be like, hey, congratulations for some office achievement. I didn't know about it. Um, same thing with like the, the KW Canada stuff. I didn't know about either of those. Um, I didn't know about them because I was just focused on what it is that I was doing. I don't. Even, I didn't even know my numbers, like my uh, my GCI and sales numbers for this year until uh, a, a buddy cornered me in the office and was like, "Well, you're having a tremendous year." And I'm like, "Am I? I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thanks. It's cool that you know my numbers. Um, I'm working to make those numbers greater. Uh, and like, and that's just what I'm doing, you know, um, sometimes if you just focus on the minutia and the minutia can be something shitty. And if you're focused on that one shitty thing, it'll just spiral into bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Yeah. It sucks that sales are down. Numbers of transactions, numbers of sales are down. That sucks. But if you focus on that and what it means to you, and just be focused on that, then then you're in real trouble. Because then that's you're the, okay, then that you, is the then thing you right internalize there. it. And once it's internalized, you can't get it out of your head. That's the thing is it has, has to be a shift in mindset. And I don't understand where this mindset comes from. So everyone sees lower sales, doom and gloom. All right. I'm, my business is over. Yeah. Like literally it's that bad. Re- agents are so fucking mentally weak. It's silly. Why not turn it around? Why not think this is the greatest opportunity of all time for us? That's how I think. This is the greatest opportunity of all time for our team, for GD team. Yeah. This is the greatest year of all time. Yep. Market Region? share. Grow. Not so much market share even. Yeah. Just we can, we can actually show clients how much value we provide. Yeah. In multiple offer scenarios where no matter if a fucking toothpick lists the property, they can get multiple offers and it's going to sell. Yeah, which, yeah. Which how do you compare a similar property? You can't because it can only sell one, right? But the art of man, like getting those eight multiple offers and squeezing them up and making someone extra twenty five thousand no. dollars goes unnoticed in a crazy market because everyone is getting eight mul- eight mul- offers. Totally, everyone is blown away. So it's such a crazy opportunity to be able to one show your value. To show that you can actually communicate with people and articulate that, yes, this is a slower market, but these are the things we need to do to market and sell. Yeah. What's and up now, copy and paste? It's just, it's so silly to me why people think this is like a negative thing. I think this is the most optimistic ultra opportunity that I've ever seen in my career in five years. Five years? Five. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, this was like, it was a downturn market when I got started. Me too. You 20, know? Well, I got started in 2014 and it was like, it was like this, but everyone felt it was normal because they'd never seen 2016, 17 before. Right. It was, it was, it literally felt like this. For me, it was, uh, it was shitty. I mean, I just got my license and I was literally on my own. All my friends were realtors that I met here and all my friends were my direct competition. Uh, it, yeah, it was, it was tough. And that was like 10 years ago, I guess. So, and I mean, the U S had just gone through it. It had gone through that violent shit storm and it, the ripples had uh, affected us up here. And yeah, it was, it was a slog, you know, it was like, what do you mean? My listing is going to take more than a week to sell, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was six months before I did my first transaction when I got licensed. And then other agents that I talked to were like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty normal. So for anyone that got licensed in the last three years, uh, oh man, like you better get your numbers down. And, you know, like one of the best things that I think anyone can do right now is know your neighborhood stats, know your numbers, know what sells. What what happened on this street? What happened on this street? Especially now, um, because your consumer is more informed than than we are. Almost, I mean, they have access to almost the amount, same amount of uh, information that we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you you need to know about the last sale, but also know the circumstances of that sale. Try and like have your your own inside information as well. So um, when you're at a cocktail party. You can bring out like some legit hard numbers. Um, I think that's one of the things that you can do, uh, which might sound silly, but know what you're fucking talking about. Man, I don't think anyone in the industry is really like, not a whole lot of us have had to know what we're talking about for the last little bit. Because that's what I mean in terms of showing your value, right? Yeah. Like that comes second nature to me. I assume that if I'm selling someone's house, I need to know everything about that neighborhood. I need to know everything about every sale that's happened in that neighborhood in the last two years. Agreed. 2016, 17, no one knew anything. You'd go to an open house with a client and you'd be like, what have they updated any electrical? And the agent is just like, I I don't know. You're like, what's the age of the roof? Like, is it knob know. and tube yeah. or is it, wait, what? No clue. No. Okay. Yeah. Just cause you watched fucking million dollar you, listing. What is knob and tube? Just cause you watched million dollar listing and like thought this was like a viable vocation for you without you having to know a fucking thing about anything. No. And so, and so to those agents that are not renewing their license, I say, Kudos. Thank you. Uh, get the fuck out. Well, okay. Because that's... no, it's not okay for you to. It's not okay for you to not read a property disclosure statement about a, a parking space and then call me when you are with your client in the lawyer in their lawyer's office signing off on everything and then call me and go, hey, so sorry, what was that again? Here's your check for $10,000. $10,000 by the way is what a lot of is is what like a lot of people make in a quarter. 
And this jackass is collecting that from a transaction and didn't bother to read anything in his representation of his client. So that's what I love about this time. Son of a this, bitch, man. Like this that, market that we're in. Oh. I love that there's so much opportunity that most agents don't see. And I love that it forces you to improve. You have to get better. You have to articulate information better. You have to know more stats about neighborhoods. You have to know more. And the people that aren't willing to improve or don't see that that is the only way to survive, see you later, are gone, yeah. are, are not going to be around in two years. Yeah, I, uh, which, which I'm, I'm thankful for. I'm thankful because uh, I, I feel like my errors and omissions will, you know, kind of go down a little bit maybe uh, <laughs> from... <laughs> from from some of the stuff we've seen in the last little bit like okay, so for people that don't know what errors and omissions is we as real estate agents pay an insurance to who we pay to the real estate board of greater vancouver the council i don't know if someone collects this insurance yeah, anyway just, and when real estate agents make mistakes and clients sue them there's a pot of insurance that pays for the mistakes Covers our asses. Uh, <laughs> so he was saying, if we eliminate a thousand agents that don't do any business, that just fuck up all the time, then our insurance premium could go down. <laughs> yeah, which I, yeah, I, I'm cool with that. You know, uh, I mean, I, I know some of the stuff I've seen come across my desk in the last three years, and and some of the stuff that I've like I've talked my clients out of uh, being involved in, and some of what I've talked to them about is no it's not okay for you to have a bank draft created directly to the seller bypassing my brokerage's trust account because there's 40 other offers on this 40 year old house that you're not doing an inspection on no not okay and i mean like part of that's the reason that i i just kind of stepped back the last couple years and been like i'll work with people i've worked with up until now, um, but I know be, I know I'll work with them because they'll listen to me. And there's a lot of stuff that I am not okay with, and I am not okay with my clients buying a property without an inspection. And I am not okay with my clients getting a bank draft together for 150 grand and bypassing a trust account and just writing it directly to the mm -hmm. sellers. Um, Can we? Okay. I want to ask you about that because I think a lot of real estate agents assume that their job, their job is to protect clients. Mm -hmm. I would like to rephrase that because this is the way that I do business and I talk to, to people. To inform your client. Is to provide all information, provide outcomes of what would happen if they make those decisions and let them make the decision. Yeah. Well, so yeah. my job is to not say, if you don't do an inspection, I don't want to write the offer for you because I think that's a bad move. No, my job I'll is to say, if you don't a do waiver. an inspection, absolutely. I'm not a waiver that says, yeah. I told you to do this. Exactly. And you but, chose not to. But a lot of agents in 2016, 17 were just providing subject free offers and saying, here, this is what you need to do to, to win get, a, yeah, get, a, yeah, get a property. No. You better sign it like this or else you're yeah. just not going to win. Yeah. But the right process is to inform them what meaning, what not doing an inspection means mm -hmm. there may be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of costs that you're not seeing 
The chimney is falling over. How many oil tank scans the drain do you think we're done? done? How many oil tank scans do you think <laughs> we're done tank, yeah. in this neighborhood? Oh my god, that's ridiculous. In this neighborhood in the last two years. Yeah. And you know you know exactly what I'm talking that's about. That's one of my biggest pet peeves with agents is this is super hilly. Making decisions for people no, rather than my god, no. providing information and letting them make a decision, right? It, like it's I had not, one oh one It's not my fucking money, man. Oh. It's not my money. It's not your money. It's 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 our clients money. It's our customers money. And your yeah, your job is to say, "Hey man, so this is the the way the market is right now. If you write this offer uh with subject free, there's a good chance you're going to get it." However, if you do that, I need to have you sign a waiver that says I told you to write a subject to inspection. Now, if you do write a subject to inspection, uh, your 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 chances are are slim of uh, of getting this because there's forty other friggin' offers <laughs> and there's all these cars lined up outside of this house, and this is what's happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to just inform them and have them make the decision for sure. But what was the most amount of offers you ever had on one property? Because a lot of the public doesn't. Un- okay, this is actually a f- crazy point to make. <laughs> a lot of the public doesn't understand how fucking crazy this market was. It was well, insanity. How they know it's crazy is because I mean they watched the uh, the escalation of, of pricing and the escalation of but pricing. They weren't was- involved day to day. They didn't see what a negotiation was like. They didn't see that like. Literally, I had 10 offers in front of a seller, and I was like, we could probably get more money. Do you, do you want me to call this person? They're like, yes. I'm like, hey, your offer's subject free. It's not in the lead. Can you improve? Five minutes later, they'll be like, yeah, here's another 30, 40, 50, 70,000. It was, it, was, it was insanity. And again... You work for a seller. You work for a client. You're trying to get them the best outcome. But it was just so crazy that there was so many people that wanted the property that you could be really aggressive. Yeah. And you were like, there was people that were lying. Absolutely. There was people that were taking advantage of it. But from my point of view, I was never lying. I was always giving correct information and saying, do you want it or no? Yeah. Yeah. There's three that are higher. They're all subject free. Yours is number four. If you want to improve your price to have a chance, let me know. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I, I won in multiples a lot through. Of course you do. Then you have all the leverage. I won in multiples, uh, more often than I, than I lost through. Oh, you won. I won. Oh, yeah. Um, through. As through, a buyer's through agent. a lot of it, as, as a buyer's agent. Um, but because of exactly what I've gone back to, relationships. Um, Reputation means so much in that crazy market. It, integrity integrity uh, came through a few times with, within, a, within a few thousand, right? There was... Um, sorry, I'm in the middle of a fucking deal right now. Okay. Uh, there, there was a lot... Uh, Within reason, I mean, there, like some, like through a, a lot of it, if I was blown out of the water, we're 
you know, we're, we're blown out of the water and there's, there's uh, you can only go so far. But, you know, if I was within like a few grand, we would, we would win um, because of, yeah, like if, if I have qualified my client and I'm talking to you as a seller's agent and I say, yeah, dude, you know, I want to have an inspection, but barring it being something catastrophic uh in the inspection you know that we're good to go because this is the way i do business and this is you know like i I have qualified my clients we're good to go there's no 11th hour bullshit and that that got me through on a lot now like like i said i i I took a tremendous amount of time off through all of that mayhem and i'm kind of glad i did uh because there's a lot of it stuff was an experience. that I there's a lot of stuff that happened <laughs> that I just don't want any part of at all for my sellers or it was, for it was or for fun, me. but it was insane. Yeah, no, I don't know how to describe. People ask me, how do you describe 2016, 17? I don't know what to say. Do you remember any of it? Because I feel every, like it was probably. Every, I feel. It. I feel like a Everything. lot of it for a lot of people was must just have been like an insane blur. Now I, I feel like you guys. Do, I felt like I was in my element. You guys do a lot of listings. Yeah. So, cha-ching for you guys. I mean, that must have been... But we spend a lot of money to get them, right? Okay. It's not zero output, lots of input, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of marketing expense that has got us to where we are. Yeah. And that we continue to do every year. Mm -hmm. But the door knockers, this is what I mean. Is people that put in the work that no one else wants to do, the door knockers, the mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Hey, this is what's going on. We just sold this place. If you don't take the time to do that kind of stuff in the beginning, then you're... that was the thing, right? Take advantage of, especially in that crazy just market. Do what is no take one else wants to do. Every listing that you have, every listing is pure gold. When eighty five percent of them are getting multiple offers and selling in five days, take advantage of them, right? So you get a new yeah. listing, great. 200 letters printed, handing them out to every single neighbor saying, here's a new listing we have, open house, come say hi. Then you're meeting some of the neighbors. Then it sells three days later, five days later. Then you're doing just sold, 50K over asking, 70K over asking. Then you're hitting those same neighbors again. They'd be like, holy shit, this guy is pretty good. Just sold at 50K over asking. It's like a crazy marketing tool that most people were too lazy to do because the market was too easy. Hey, Amy. Uh... I think we can actually do this. Sorry. Amy. Yeah. Okay. So we're just, uh, we're in like, we're in the middle of a live transaction. We should, we should call Amy right now. No, no, we shouldn't. Uh, right. We should, we shouldn't. But I will say, I will say, <laughs> hey, Amy, I think, uh, I think we might actually be able to do this, which was a, which was a crazy long shot earlier today. This is going to um, air in about two weeks. So I'm assuming the deal is going to be done before this is on. <laughs> I, think so. I, think, I think subjects are subjects will be removed by then. Um, but uh, uh, thumbs up. Uh, I think we got this. So, yeah, this is this is this is real life. This is uh, this is has has a transaction been done on your show before? Done yeah. during the show. Yeah. I think I've done one. Well, and and I'm in the middle of one now, and I just got a text <laughs> message. So, yeah, that's great. I just re- so I sent an offer last night, didn't mm-hmm. hear back. So I mm-hmm. sent a message a couple hours ago saying, "Any update? This is the shit that realtors deal with at 7:20 p.m. every oh, yeah. single night and later." Yeah. 
just, just reach the cellar now. I will get back to you. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Nice. Um, what was Thanks the update, what bro. was the time for acceptance open till <laughs> till nine? <laughs> yeah. I said it last night. Yeah. I said it. It was over twenty four hours. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, our our time for acceptance eight p.m. You got forty minutes. Yeah, forty minutes. <laughs> forty minutes to take to make three transactions kind of come into play. Hmm. Hmm. And I feel confident. Like if anyone can do it, Liam. Like you. about three and a half worth of volume. So that's uh, that's good. We do. We're gonna make it happen. Nothing worry. Nothing to worry about her. Oh, a couple professionals. That's a professional. <laughs> Can we talk about your start to 2019? To what? Your start to 2019. 19. Sure. 2019. Okay. Yeah. This year. Yeah. The current year we're in. Okay. Your first three and a half months. Oh man. Okay. So we had, our, we had our. We had Hold our... on. I want to understand where where did this hundred day idea come from? Mm. Okay. So and a friend of mine. Let people know what the hundred day idea was. Right. So I had it in my mind um, to do 90 days. It was, uh, I was going to do a 90-day consecutive workouts, 90-day restrictive was diet. This like weights workout or cardio or mix? Or... You're committing to at least an hour worth of okay. intensive workout, whether it's, it's cardiovascular, whether it's, uh, it's uh, resistance training, or like what I fell in love with was... was uh, plyometric training and endurance training that's that's kind of what i working on your hops yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) as opposed to the other hops that i I have previously spent the last 40 years working on um yeah it was it was was because i'm like this october i'm turning 40 and i thought about going into 40 like 200 pounds and just doing what I've been doing for the longest time, or I could go into it and start my year going into it, um, uh, in a different place mentally, physically, and, and, and go into this next decade of my life in a, in a different place mentally and physically, you know, uh, to be all that I can be. And? And, and, uh, and what? So that the reason to dis- to do it was to feel better at 40 than you did at 39. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, the last half of my thirties was not awesome. So moving into this, this new aspect of my life, forties to fifties, which by the way, is totally the new 20s. <laughs> do you care what people Says think about me. you? Do I care what yeah. people think about me? Yes, of course. Okay, because I'm going to give you my opinion. I've met you in your late 30s, which is when you said you weren't feeling as good. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love you. When did I meet you? Two years ago? Mm-hmm. So. so you were 37, whatever. Uh. So if you're downward spiral or the like how where you felt low yeah was pretty fucking awesome uh, i can only imagine when you're feeling better well remember denny uh i just told you that 
some of these relationships that I've created uh, with people that I wanted to murder in front of their families <laughs> also 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 thought uh, that that I look like a pretty well together good guy on the outside, and in my mind, I wanted to you know bathe in their blood. That is aggressive. I am ve- <laughs> aggressive is something a lot of my clients pride me on. <laughs> um, it, being a chameleon in this industry and, and, and putting on a brave face and, 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 and hiding a lot of your hurt is, is what we do. That's the first thing I tell people. So a lot of, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's social media or whatever, but a lot of young agents reach out to me when they get into the industry. Mm. And I meet with maybe like two or three a month. Sure. One of the big things is like, how do you succeed? The first thing I tell them is you have to be adaptable. Yeah. Chameleon. Same thing. You are a chameleon. You need to, you need to, you need to portray a different part of yourself to who your client is, to who the realtor you're working with is. Yeah. I mean, if someone is super analytical, you need to provide them with a shit ton of stats. Yeah. If someone just wants your honest opinion, you need to have some information, but then relate that in a way that they're going to understand. Hey man, I work with black Panthers. And I work with Nazis. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay. That's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. You gotta be. You do have to. I mean, yeah. Okay. Of course, I'm joking. I don't work with any Nazis or or that many Black Panthers. Just a disclaimer at the bottom of the podcast. <laughs> Liam, Liam, Liam does, does not, not work, work with Nazis. With Nazis yeah. Uh, but but no. I mean, you 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 are a chameleon, and and you do adapt. Uh, I mean, one of the first things you learn about is sales is, is, is the, is mirroring, mirroring and matching. Although I've never given a whole lot of that, uh, any real credence in, in, in the way that I do business. Um, I, whatever, whatever my client's going through, uh, I kind of go through too. And I, and I try and, um, you know, uh, empathize with them on a level that you just uh you end up you know kind of maybe taking some of their stuff on but but one of the other things that you do is 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 you 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 cover your own stuff you cover your own your own hurts your own your own whatever um put on this this image and social media is a great thing for that i think we talked about this last time uh i wish my life was as awesome as it is on fucking instagram because uh you know, that's, that's what you show, you know, what you, what you go through is uh, what's happening inside is this totally different. So yeah, you what's met, the you met hesitation though there. What do you mean? What is the obstacle that we're trying to get over that we can't be exactly who we are on social media? What are we avoiding? What are we trying to hide? Okay. Well, there's there's a couple different avenues that we can look at for that question. Yeah, there's there's uh, nobody wants to talk about the shitty thing. Why not? I do. Yeah. Yeah, and and because I, I know everyone has shitty things. Yeah, and I know they're not comparable. You can't compare Carl's shitty things to mine to yours. Yeah, they're different. Yes, people deal with them differently. But I think people should be very open about their shitty things. But I think shitty wanna, things are normal in your life. But do you want to talk about 
shitty things that happen to you? Or do you want to talk about shitty things as in how you internalize them and how shitty your life is? Because those are two different things. If you look on a Yelp review of a restaurant, you're going to see a ton of like shitty stuff, right? But if you look at a Yelp review for the restaurant Yelping itself, do you see the restaurant going, actually, yeah, you know, like uh, those, uh, those burritos I made were subpar and, and I, and I made them some par subpar because the burritos that my dad made for me were really shitty. And, you know, like that's, that's it. I mean, everyone doesn't mind talking about like negative things that, that, that happened to them. I mean, and people talk about negative things that happen to them all the time. But do they talk about negative things that is going on in their life that they're in control of? Or maybe they are, um, they're just really real, you know? I'm trying to find a way to articulate this. And I'm not sure well, why can't uh, if we, I can. What are yeah. we afraid of? That's what I'm trying to get at. Well, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't talk a whole lot about any of my breakups on Instagram. I just wanted to show like a brave face and, and, and this is my life and this is, this is what's going on. But what? everyone I, breaks up. I... Yes, you're right. You're right. Everybody does. But do I need to like put a quote on there about like what happened and, and how, and how much it, it, uh, it ripped me apart and like broke me for a couple of years. If it's real, no. why not? Uh, what's for the me, harm? Well, for me, an... I look at it as, if you're being real and honest, yeah, the only thing it could do is help someone that is going through a similar situation. Okay. Right? I, I'm not making up a fucking fantasy land being like, oh, this is so bad. I'm so entitled to feeling better about myself and I deserve this bullshit. This person didn't give it to me. It's more just like, I felt really shitty. I was getting treated like garbage. I had to leave. I'm not happy about it. I feel like I hurt her. I had to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is that on any of your Instagram right now? I think I have some posts. Yeah? I think I can be more honest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, for me... I think I'm going through a legal battle that causes me to be a fit filtered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> well, let's share that, man. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's put that out there. No, a few months away. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, (laughs) no, I, I don't suggest you go there, and I don't suggest you, you put that out. But, um, I try and tie in the best parts of my life to my social media, and 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 in some like you want to see how I'm really feeling about shit. Check out my Twitter, because nobody's on my fucking Twitter. Yeah, there's like. Uh, I don't know, like 5,000 people on my Facebook and 4,000 on, on my Insta. And, and I, I try and keep that like me, my family, my dog, the things that I love and, and things that make me happy because I'm on both of those fairly often. And if I scroll down my Instagram or I scroll down my, my Facebook, I see things that make me happy. And that's as much for me as it is for anyone else. Listen- Okay. And also, I'm going to make, make Poco's like, own Instagram page. It's it's coming. You should. 
He, I have a, a client. Oh, I sent you the my clients page. Oh, she has like sixty thousand followers. Sixty thousand followers for her dog. She does a phenomenal job with photography, though. She does. Shout um, out to Allie. And by the way, does she want to buy? Instagram she, is Allie in the Wild. You should follow it. By the way, does she, she want awesome to dog? buy? She want to buy that townhouse. <laughs> does she want to buy that townhouse? Uh, likely not. They they still want to look. Okay. Hey, you know that's cool. Uh. It wasn't perfect for them. That's cool. We'll find it. Well, I have another house listed in Coquitlam. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe they'd like to see that well, too. He's gonna cold call me tomorrow and be like, "Hey, Denny, you know, we did a deal like four years ago. Remember, you know, we had this really nice conversation." Yeah, like, yeah. Name I saw you yeah. last night. Yeah, this is what I got listed. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember it? Not really. Got uh, this sweet house in Burke Mountain. It's like one five ish. Ish. One five ish. One five ish. Yeah. <laughs> five ish we love it um but no they were awesome and anytime that i have any of your folks come through any of my open houses they're or whatever the, yeah, I'm, as soon as they say oh yeah no uh, you're represented yeah who's your who's your realtor i think you up oh really <laughs> let's get a photo because i fucking love that you guy sent me a selfie of him in his open house with my clients over there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. well it's because yeah i mean we haven't done business together yet but we will Absolutely. Well. And when we do, it's going to be smooth. I will destroy. Oh, wait, wait. No, I mean smooth. Yeah. yeah smooth. He's going to want to yeah. murder me. In <laughs> I his mean, mind, but I he's mean, going to be so yeah. nice on the I outside. Mean, I mean smooth. Yeah. <laughs> will not be mounting your head on a stick. Please uh, don't in, bathe in front, my in blood front in your of, eyes. In front like of the unit. Or, yeah. Until, yeah. You, there's, you, there's so much you need to edit out of this. Like, it's, <laughs> I can't even. Awesome. We don't edit. Oh. It's a real podcast. It's just catching up. This is what, if we went to a bar and had three beers or seven, this is the conversation we'd have. That's true. That's the it's best true. part about podcast. But there isn't a camera on me. But there's so much value that like these experiences that we're sharing can provide to people, right? <sighs> That's what I'm getting at with Instagram is why can't we be honest? Why? I don't understand. Is it because we're scared about what people think? But you know, like one of the like uh, one of the, the the coolest things I think Instagram has done in the last little bit is getting is they removed like numbers. I still get them. You will see how many, but nobody else will. I can see how many likes you get. You can't. I can. I'm gonna go to your profile right now and tell you right. how many likes you had in your last photo. All right, I'll give her Liam. Serious Liam. Seriously, serious Liamer. I'm serious. You had uh, 52 likes on your photo with uh, Josh Bath from five days ago. Wait, why do you get that? I don't. I don't see likes. You can't. You're not supposed to anymore. <laughs> so that's interesting. Guys have cracked the system. It's Hit me up on Instagram, Denny.Duma. I will show you the way. Is uh, it your well, business account? I have no fucking clue. I don't know. I can see people's likes. I don't know. I know. I I saw the article saying Instagram. That's interesting. Gonna... Yeah. Only the owner can see the likes, yeah. but other people, other people can't. Was there like a specific, like a little bit of a time that you couldn't see anyone's likes or zero? I've really. Lauren's. When is the last time likes. you updated? Denny can't huh. see likes. Three days ago. Three days ago. Okay. That's can weird. You, can you pull up my dick pics and see how many <laughs> likes? Because this should be a little bit hard. Fifty-two. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, let's see tacos. Dude, your dog is 
hilarious he's a rock star man fucking hilarious he's he's it he's everything i want to hear a little bit more about your last month and then we can get out of here and go get some tacos that's my Sorry, not your last month your uh first few months of the year uh okay yeah ask so you away. told us why you decided to do this you wanted to look better at 40 than you did at 30 i wanted to feel better i wanted to be i wanted to be like uh in a better place mentally, physically, emotionally, everything than, than I have been in the, in, in the last half of like from 35 to two now. Yeah. The workout thing I get, uh-huh. but you also decided to not drink for that time. hundred days. Yeah. Because it was a restrictive diet. Too. What was, this so, is a good question. What was more challenging? Working out for not 100 drinking. days straight or 100%. not drinking 100 days straight? 100% not drinking. Um, and which is like, this is what's funny about that whole thing is that like giving up something for a hundred days is literally just showing a modicum of self-control. <laughs> like It's really, you're right. You're totally right. It really should not be that big of a deal. Like, In the midst of it though, while you're going through it, it's probably so painful. But if you look back and be like, three months, I could totally do that. Why is that so hard? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's three months. Yeah, yeah. you say three months. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah. However, when you're <laughs> 73 days in and you're counting days, like, that's a bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our line of work, I, I don't know how many dinners I had to go to, how many totally. meetings or, or um, possessions that I'm like... Yeah, I'm gonna shake this bottle. We're gonna pop it. Awesome! I'll. I love my San Pellegrino. Uh, you know, like I. I wish I could share this moment with you, uh, a little bit better because you've been saving your entire life. You've moved here from Mexico. You got your PR card. You're buying your first home, and I'm shaking up this bottle of champagne, and I'm gonna drink a San Pellegrino. Thank you very much for your time. Even just our demographic of who we typically work with is like 30 to 40 somethings, right? Yeah. <laughs> Often you'll send, someone will send us an email and be like, hey, we referred to you by this person. We'd like to talk about selling our condo, buying a house, whatever. Sure, great. Let's meet for a coffee next week, Tuesday. You let me know what time. They're like, yeah, coffee? Can, can, we, can we grab a beer? Like, we'd, we'd like to go to Steel and Oak or you know, wherever. Yeah, I work. I so work. My answer is always. I work five days absolutely. a week. Absolutely. I work five days a week, ten hours a day. Yeah. Do you think I want to meet you for a coffee in a little bit of the off time that I happen to have? Fuck no. If exactly. I have a little bit of off time, exactly. And I work a nine to five, which there's no such thing of uh, anymore. Um, the majority of the world works in hours that are different than ours. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's. It's a Saturday evening. Well, that's because we work with normal people. And a lot of people have regular jobs that are like between seven yeah. and six. Seven and six. So yeah. we work outside of seven and six. We work outside of seven and six. But, but when, you, when you ask them to meet you on a Saturday night for a cup of coffee, they're like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> You're like, I've, just worked, margaritas. I've just worked seven to six <laughs> for the last... I don't know, fucking 15 years saving up this goddamn um, uh, <laughs> deposit and fucking down payment that I need to make this 20% CMHC bullshit 
that they have in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think they're going for a fucking cup of coffee? Yeah. No. So drinking no. was not drinking was the hard part. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, that was th that was the tough part. The tough the tough part was um uh not seeing it as a as a form of escape as well as yeah. not of course um, being able to to celebrate with clients or to or or to be a part of that. Uh, it also taught me that I don't need it to celebrate with a client. Um I can be just a just as a part of uh, the uh the celebration without as as I was with. I think so. that's actually a good point you made is the escape factor. Oh, it's like God. so many people use it, right? Dude. Stressful day at work, immediately get home, yeah. crack three beers. Yeah, well, Does it work? Okay. Well, Absolutely it works. I never went home and cracked three beers, but I would definitely, I would definitely like. Really? Three? Dude, Jesus. Seven? How many? Oh, at least like a case, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I've never been like, wow, today sucked. I'm going to go home and drink three beers there's been times when when my dad's three at a like as soon as you get home like just like a normal day like no, you're just not... like stressful day at work get home yeah. three beers are open because the first one's going down pretty quick and then you're yeah. sitting on the couch for two more <laughs> maybe it's because i'm not a beer guy uh but i mean i would definitely have like three couple fingers of scotch when i got home but it was never it was never like man today sucked I'm gonna go home. That's a thing in our and industry. like and like and like chug some whiskey. That's more. Fuck uh, yeah, dude. A hundred days. <laughs> are, you, are you out of your mind? Um, it was never. It was never the reason for it though. Like I'd be out with my friends, and um, well, you, like if you if you came from like a uh, a restaurant background, like I did, original originally. Me too, brother. Yeah, no, we always play catch up. So. My formative drinking years growing up were like playing catch up. Like I would get off work at eleven. All my friends that had real jobs had been there since like nine. So we had to play catch up. My relationship with alcohol was always like playing catch up. So that's why there would be, you know, like the quantity that there was if I got home. But it was never like, man, today was the shitty day. Uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to like chug three beers. It was always like, it was always like, man, yeah, today was a shitty day and I'm at home, but I only know how to chug beers. It wasn't like this was my intention to chug beers. It was like, I only know how to chug beers because all of my time growing up, we would get to the bar at midnight, <laughs> finishing a shift at the restaurant. And uh, everyone else had been there for four hours. So you have to play catch up. So, yeah. I mean, does that make sense? This bartender for better be cut. I, bartender, I bartender for five years. And no, nothing is getting cut. I bartender for five years. So I know exactly what I mean. There's oftentimes, it's a weird industry to be in, right? Because you work crazy hours. Yeah. You work till like 1 a.m. Yeah. at the bars I worked. And then everyone would start drinking after their shift, right? Yeah. So okay, you would so sit at your, you would, everyone would be out. We'd be sitting at a bar or at a table doing cash outs and everyone would be like, do you want a beer? Yep. Do you want a beer? Yep. 
So we start drinking at 1 a.m. And then like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm going home to sleep. I got another job that starts at 7 a.m. <laughs> Whereas yeah. like everyone else is like, well, there's an after hours bar down the street. Let's go over there. <laughs> it's just a crazy industry. Oh, no, man. Like, like, yeah, I would be bartending or serving. It's 1 a.m. You're rushing through your cash out. You're chugging because your friends that got at the bar at like 10 exactly. o'clock yeah, have been there the you. whole time. Yeah. And so, and so this was like, this was a, a large portion of my 20. <laughs> and so like, I can guarantee you any, anyone that was in that industry in food and beverage and doing it like, like we did, uh, when it comes, like if you put a drink in front of either one of them, I, I know who's going to finish for it <laughs> because it's just, it's, it's ingrained in you. It's, uh, it's, it's a part of it. And then also, like, there's a certain amount of bravado that comes with that culture as well. Like, do you remember the last time you drank with a chef? Like a legit chef? Mm, maybe. No. I'm, so as soon as you said chef, three people came to mind. Huh? One of them now runs an oyster shucking business who is such a beauty. Is it one? Should of probably meet him. No. Is one? His name because is, I love Wandering Mollusk. I'm just going to put name this is on Scotty here. Wolf, I love Wandering Mollusk. But it's not Mollusk. really Scotty okay. Wolf. It's Scotty Boarding On. Okay. Wait, where, where's he at? Uh, his company's called Big Shucker. He does like a kind of food truck type of thing that he goes to different events with. Was he ever... Kind of, his name's Scotty? Scotty Boarding On. Was he on, ever his last name. Fanny Bay? Yes. He was the manager. He was the kitchen manager at Fanny Bay for okay. a few years. That's hilarious. Hey, Scotty, what's up? He's on the, he, we um, had him on the podcast. He's phenomenal. I I met Scotty uh, when I was. <laughs> I just need to. I just need to like send this. Please, please focus. Okay. Send it. Maybe okay. Carl can go off on a side spurt if we want. Okay. Well, this okay. The Scotty thing is actually pretty bitching because I was <laughs> at. Uh, <laughs> it was, I love when people describe stuff with bitching because I, I don't really know what it means, but I'm assuming it's good. Yeah. So it was so good. It was it was like it was pretty funny. Um, so I had like been on and off with this chick for a while, and like this woman, this woman like grossed like thirty four grand a year. But every time we went out, it was fucking champagne and oysters. Every. <laughs> Every single time, man. Every single time. We go for dinner, four or five hundred bucks. Every fucking time, man. Every time. I'm assuming she never offered to take the bill. Are you kidding? I paid for my own birthday dinner. We went to Coast. Again, because champagne and oysters, right? So we, uh, you know, we weren't dating for a bit or we were, we were off. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, we were, we we're still talking. So we went to Fanny Bay Oyster Company or whatever. And uh, I'd never been there before or anything. And that happened to be like another like four or $500 dinner. But Scotty, the best part about that entire night was like dealing with Scott. 100%. Scott brought out like, I mean, obviously I spent a shit ton of fucking money there. And it was like, just, do you know what kind of champagne selection they have there? Because it's not awesome. How what kind of whiskey is selection they have there i enjoyed that as well <laughs> that, that particular night especially when i got the bill 
but Scott ended up like bringing out like uh, a couple scallops, like just raw scallops, like beautiful. That was, he oh. so I've been to Fanny Bay one time, and I knew Scotty beforehand, and we had a whiskey event there. So we went there to drink whiskey. And I missed oysters. that night. I missed that. I, I got the I got the you WhatsApp. You did get the invite. I got the the yep. WhatsApp thing. And uh, and he brought out these raw scallops that were like probably the one of the best things I've ever had. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. Silly how good it was. It was well. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was delicious. Um, by that time, I had just like unloaded on this woman, and told her uh, exactly what I thought about her, <laughs> and exactly uh, what had. Uh, the last like six months had been, um, and it was it was one of those weird things where uh, if I had gone into that evening as like me being Mister Nice Guy, me being you know just kind of the way that I normally operate things, it probably would have went the other way. But that entire evening was like a verbal beatdown of all of the negative stuff that this person had kind of brought into my life and it kind of done to me. And it was one of those weird things when like the, the more real and the more of, I'm sure it came off as kind of jerky. Like the, the more jerky that I was, the more she was into me. And I, I went in there with the intention. <laughs> I was I, not expecting no, that. No, no, no. I, I went in there with the intention of like being like, yeah, you know, I'm going to tell her exactly what she's done to me and exactly how shitty it is. And I did that hundred percent. And then we went home together and I'm like, this is not what I was expecting to do. I like, I came with my intention of being like kind of a dick and, uh, and, and, and being a bit of a jerk and, and telling you that this is not all right. You shouldn't treat people like this. And, uh, and I have like some I maybe she maybe it was like a Jedi mind trick on me because I ended up like going home with her and I'm like this is great and then I paid for her movers like two weeks later. So yeah. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh, you gotta call me when you're in these situations. Uh, yeah, yeah, I you know what I I will not I'll never be in these situations anymore I'll be because I, reason. I'm happy I just, to do I just, that. I don't I don't put myself out like that anymore, Denny. I I know. No. Oh. Um it sounded like this was like a few months ago. How long was it ago was this? Cuz Scotty only worked there from like till recently, 2015 to 2018 maybe. This is like maybe a couple months ago last year. Um, so you're a changed man in the last 12 months. Uh, yeah. Well, does this hundred days have to do with that? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, cause I, I got really in my head for that, that hundred, you know, um, one of the what things was I, the, what was the most negative thought you thought? Do you remember that? Was there like a really bad day? Several. Yeah. But, um, you just want to sell this thing and get out of here, don't you? Sorry. It will. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a sec here. Hey, you finish your text. You ever had an oyster, Carl? I've never had an oyster. Are You're you kidding, kidding right? me? Okay, well, we had I Scotty have friends. boarding on, on the podcast, and you have never had well, an oyster. Well, he didn't bring any. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. I know. We got to go visit Scotty. Big shucker. I'm down. I have friends that have a 
uh, pop-up oyster bar called Wandering Mollusk. They're, they're based out of Salt Spring Island. And Jesse and his crew go to the breweries in Port Moody all the time. They, they, they pop up there. So you have like, you're in Port Moody. You have beautiful uh, breweries right there, beautiful beers. Rocky Point is right there. Um, I'm just going to put this out here to Lucas and to Monica. This is not a fucking plug for what you guys are doing. But I also like Port Moody. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, you can, you, can, you can do that there where they have this like amazing, um, these amazing oysters, uh, beautiful beers at Yellow Dog, and Rocky Point right there. Like, it's, it's a great day. Is Yellow Dog your favorite brewery in Port Moody? I think so. Mm. Yeah. You know, I remember. Why? Beer quality, atmosphere, people. Well, it was one of the first. Just because they have dog in the name, you like dogs. I like dogs. I do. <laughs> I like dogs. Well, I remember it's like I have like a a connection there with their with their GM, uh, Mike Huffman, who's just one of the, like him and his wife Darby are just two really amazing real human beings. I have popped in uh, in some sur- more, some of the more like surreal parts of my life and just like popped into yellow dog and like had to sit down with Mike while he's like working behind the bar. And he's just like, he just like cuts to the bone about like shit that actually matters. And it, that, that guy will call me out on all my shit. <laughs> and like, there's not a whole lot of people that can do that. And uh, yeah, Mike, Mike kind of brings me back to reality. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like Yellow Dog as much as I do. And one of the others is, I remember Moody had just, Moody had opened up and Yellow Dog had just opened. And I was sitting there and we're looking, we're sitting in an industrial area of Port Moody. Um, and at this time, mm. there was literally abandoned buildings with like security fencing around them in the main street of, of, uh, of Port Moody. I'd moved from Kamloops to Port Moody and thinking I was moving to the big city of Vancouver. And there's like, there was a lot more going on in Kamloops than there was in fucking Port Moody at that time. It was, it was a dead zone. We were sitting at this, at the bar in Yellow Dog and just going, yeah, this, this beer is amazing. Do you think this shit is going to fly? I don't know, man. Like you're, we're right beside like a fucking tire shop. (laughs) (laughs) like in a town that people think is past pit meadows if you said port moody to peep anyone in vancouver they're like oh is that like by maple ridge or like they're just they just don't know no idea um and and yeah i think that's why i i love it as much as i do is because I think that's one of the reasons why I love Port Moody as much as I do. You know, um, at the same time that I moved here, we would take a walk down uh, Columbia Street, and Columbia Street was just like here in New West was was just a mess. There was just <laughs> not long ago, man. There 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 wasn't not a whole lot ago. going on. You guys had like a super old municipal government that was like, I don't like change. And, and oh, they're still there. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I met your mayor. A little, I met your mayor a little while ago. Yeah, he's great. 
Dear God. I mean, sorry, sorry. Don't meet the planning department because they'll be in your crazy fucking dreams about burning their houses down. Yeah, well. Yeah, they're insane. I will teach you. I will teach you. I will teach you my ways, Denny. I'll teach you my ways. Um, Yeah, I mean, even when I was, when I came here, I went to the key and the key was a fucking, the key was abandoned. There was like no, there was like one store in it. And I'm like, this is waterfront in Vancouver and there's, there's nobody here. Port Moody was suffering from a very, very similar thing. It was fear of change, fear of growth. And, and that, that doesn't mean that you're going to tear your neighborhood down and turn into condos. It just means that like you have a government that's open enough or a municipal government that's open enough to, to some levity of, of, of opening up some cool shit. And look how much cool shit New West has right now. Like, like we'd mentioned earlier. We're getting there. We'd mentioned earlier. It's getting there. I, like I went to a like a Vietnamese specialty sandwich shop. Like that's 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 pretty specific, man. <laughs> like that, that's pretty specific. You, like you have that happening now. Here, you know, um, in Port Moody, we have Spacanapoli. Like uh, there's a, a a very specific, amazing uh, pizza store, and we have Brewers Row. We have Fifth brewery opening up soon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like that's expanding bakery. outward. Bakery, Moody so Ales. There's Parkside. Okay. There's Yellow Dog. Twin Sales. Twin Sales. Moody Ales, and the bakery. Soon to yeah, come. amongst the you, handful of dispil- distilleries on the way. You made a really good point that I like talking about. Is you like Yellow? Literally, the thing you said. You like Yellow Dog the best because you know someone who is the GM. We have a relationship with mm-hmm. so much of business is building relationships. And I think people overthink that or people underestimate that. Do you, do you see the tie in there, Denny, to what we talked about originally about what people should be doing differently? Yes. Everything comes down and that's to what relationships. I wanna, that's what I want to talk about yeah. is that so many people Everything. are so consumed over short term gain, right? Yeah. They don't care if they screw people over. They just want to get a paycheck tomorrow. Mm. But the value of building a long-term relationship with someone is so much better. Well, it's like 10 times, 100 times. It's like insanity. Guess what? How okay, much yeah. So, okay, let's, let's put it this way. You and I have never done a transaction together. Are we friends? Yes. If we were to do a transaction together, would that friendship come into play? Yep. Would it interfere with business? Nope. Nope. But I, the chances of me saying, hey, man, I have a one-bedroom condo in Cloverdale. Do you have anybody for that? It's super beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Um, the chances of you taking me seriously because of our relationship... Like pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and this is what's what's going to get us all surviving. Um, there's a lot of a lot of agents in the industry right now that don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. I know, and they and don't they don't it. know they don't know that nobody's looking. Nobody's like, what do you mean you didn't know? I had my I had this like two bedroom condo listed. In Burnaby, how, like, how did you not know? <laughs> really? What do you it's mean? How did, I, how did I? How Doesn't did I? Everyone watch MLS data. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> how did you not know? 
Well, we don't know because we're doing business with people that we have a short list of people that we do business with. And in my word on to any one of those people on my short list, if I say that I have a qualified buyer um, and sh- like we do an inspection and short of a foundation crack or a fucking uh, an oil tank leaking into an adjacent property, we're probably going to go through the transaction. And by the way, when I say that, like, I have a qualified buyer, I mean that I'm in relationship with their mortgage provider as well. hundred thousand percent. And so, and so when I, so when I say, yeah, this guy's good to go, me saying that, like, it's, it's pretty legit. Um, there are only a handful of transactions that I've done in, in the last three years where I am not in a working relationship with the mortgage provider so that if I shoot him a fucking text message at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, this guy is going to answer me and give me a, like, and call me back. Like, these are the types of relationships that you need to have in play. Okay, this is strictly for my amusement only. Yeah. Maybe Carl's as well. What is the most ridiculous thing you've seen on an, on an addendum? between accepted offer and subject removal because i've got some good ones that might blow your mind like buyer bringing to me yes so you have a listing Uh, okay you have an accepted Uh, offer someone does an inspection and they bring you an addendum with some things that they want you to fix what's the most ridiculous thing you've seen oh fuck uh nothing no i I, not, not a whole lot because i if there's anything weird, um, I just, I, I wipe it out. No, no, no. But that has been presented to you. Of course you're crossing them out. Yeah, or just like not, or just. fucking insane. Okay, maybe this is making me feel like I live a, a pretty boring life. <laughs> I don't but think also, anyone thinks also, you live a boring also, life. But man. also kind of like <laughs> kind of like a a happy one business wise. I haven't seen a whole lot of a whole lot of crazy shit. Although like I will say in the last little bit I've seen a lot more like involvement with professional cleaning services. Um which me being on the buying end in the last little while, I um I can't help but agree with. And I'm also offering to pay for a lot of professional cleaning services uh, to my sellers, uh, just as kind of like a way to just not have this happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of crazy stuff come across addendum-wise, but I have certainly been uh, to my housewarming for my clients moving in and uh, had a house full of stuff where sellers are kind of moving out at the same time. And I have to call Colin Thornton. Is that your junk removal guy? No, no, he was, he was the listing agent on it. <laughs> and so, and so I just assume it's like, so, junk removal. and so Colin and I are helping his clients move out of his house, uh, on my client's possession day. Like that was, uh, that was pretty great. It was, uh, it was all right. You want to hear a fucking crazy one? Tell me. This is the most craziest one yeah. I've ever seen. You know what? Here, give me that list. I'm going to start interviewing you. Because I want to hear some more about... I want to hear some Denny shit. All right. 
So I had a condo. This was probably like a year and a half ago. We had a condo in Victoria Hill. Really nice neighborhood. It was three years old. Immaculate condition. Accepted offer. Do an inspection. <laughs> they sent an item with 11 items. And the items are literally like one light bulb in kitchen burnt out. You must replace light bulb by subject or by completion. Sure. Not a big deal. <laughs> Next. Uh, hallway closet door jam sticks must be fixed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Keep going down this list of just like ridiculous things. Like maybe total cost of 60 bucks <laughs> on a $600,000 condo. Number 10 of 11. I remember this specifically. There's number hey, 10. Okay, so wait, whatever wait, wait, wait. Reason. Let's, let's, let's back, let's back all this up. Okay. $600,000. That it was like condo, a really nice 200, two bedroom condo. Really that nice condo, condo is over. It's a two bedroom space. Yep. How many square feet? I think it was a thousand fifty, something like that. So 1000 ish square feet. <laughs> Yes, we're back to you. For over half a million dollars. That is correct, yeah. Again, so we're we're going to bring everybody back into the reality of our fucking Vancouver market. Okay. This buyer's agent was giving Denny a bitch list for the total of about 60 bucks (laughs) for... A six hundred thousand dollar condo. What is a down payment? A CMHC approved down payment? One hundred twenty thousand. A hundred and twenty thousand. So somebody had to save up one hundred and twenty thousand dollars <laughs> to make this fucking purchase. Probably have a pretty good clean credit score as well. And they're concerned about fucking light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> there was just one light bulb. One one kitchen light bulb. Was one out. light bulb and yeah. a sticky door jam. So, uh, although I will say this, I appreciate the, their thoroughness. Very thorough. Um, go on, Denny. So number ten. Yeah, I don't remember the next seven. Number ten. Number ten. Literally, word for word, this sticks in my mind. Uh-huh. Two dead bees on windowsill. Must be removed by completion. Is this real life? I'm 100% serious. Two dead bees on windowsill. First of all, good for them that they noticed there was two. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? Is it's this like, real life? I don't understand. That's one wipe of the cloth. It's just, it's comical that an agent thought this was a good idea to send an addendum to piss off a seller. <laughs> Two dead bees need to be removed. Sure. No problem. <laughs> Check. Like, it's just an... It's, it's outrageous. That's crazy. It's hilarious. I don't understand. You've never seen anything like that, Liam. Nothing ridiculous like that. Because I have multiple stories. It's I comical. Didn't see, I didn't see a whole lot of that. But what would your reaction be if you got an addendum saying two dead bees need to be removed from the windowsill prior to the completion? Okay, hold on. Uh, I think that's doable. (laughs) You're like, hold on a second. This is asking too much. What am I, a beekeeper here? (laughs) 
My bad for opening the window in the summer. <laughs> My bad. It's outrageous. Okay, hold on. All right, I need you guys to banter for a sec. Are we taking a break? Yep, we're taking a Let's break. Let's take a break. I need to pee. Oh, pee break? <laughs> oh, fuck. This is going to be the first time in Zero to Hear podcast history that we cut it. So, like, I know they want to buy. I know my seller wants to sell. Um, both of these things can cannot happen if one side chooses to, to not. Uh, a 10-minute difference in uh, time for acceptance? Uh, who cares, right? So now, if I was the list, if I was the buying agent, I could use that as leverage. Well, we don't really have a deal. Well, if something else pops up, but okay. how do you feel about this industry <laughs> after this? That's a good, good question. That's no man, because you you sat in on 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 a bunch of this shit. Uh, I'm I'm really really curious as to an outsider's perspective. I feel like you guys honestly have like the best interest in heart, but you also have little tactics to get the most out of every deal. Was that fair to say? I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I would say strategy. But I you're honest, say, right? You're not like going behind the person's back. I would say I am 100 percent um, conscious of ethics. Right. In all situations. So I'm never lying. I'm never telling someone I have another offer when I don't. Oh, that's that kind of shit is fucked up. Like, you never straight know. up. Like, like as a buyer's agent, you yeah. never know. You just have to take their word for it, right? But you guys do exaggerate a bit. If I'm, if I don't I'm, exaggerate. If no? I, no. if I, I will only ever be honest. So, like, like I said, when it, 2016, 17 were crazy. So, if you have five offers, I would call each of the bottom four back and be like, you're not in the in first position. You want the place. You have to improve your offer. Right. I'm not lying. There's one that's higher. So then someone will come above that, mm-hmm. and then I'll call number one back. Right, right. You're no, not in first place. Sense. You have to improve. That's being honest, right? My job is but you like, have if to be my honest. seller. That's my my job is to get him the best out. Your fiduciary so me, duty to like is that. to get him to is that. to get me the most amount of money or the most favorable terms exactly. for for what it is uh, I have asked him to do. Yeah. Well, what yeah. about so in one on one negotiations it's very different because yeah. you have you don't have much leverage. Whereas when you have multiple offers, you have a lot of leverage. What about like you said that story when you had like three customers, right, and you all booked them at the same time? You're kind of creating an illusion a little bit, right? You seem a little bit busier than you are. Oh, okay. I'll give an impression. Yeah, how do you approach that? I'll give an impression, and yeah, an impression. and that's for sure. Like, I give an impression for but sure. Not, but as they're walking through, you're not like I, I have fourteen said, showings later today. You're not I saying said, that. Right. Hey, yeah. these like I have other interested parties, and I'm trying to get everybody through. Which you do? Yeah. yeah. Which I did, and what they didn't necessarily know is that like those interested parties that I was talking about was, only two others. was the other two others <laughs> that I was bringing through and funneled through at the exact same time. Is there a deal that you, that you guys feel bad about? Maybe you were nope. early on. Never Did I feel bad about. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a lot there's of only stuff. one deal that I've ever felt bad about. And that is I represent a seller. They bought a place with another agent sold it a year later they yeah. used us to sell we it was the only deal i've ever had that not didn't complete 
only deal, probably 500 deals, only deal I didn't have that didn't complete. They, whatever, we marketed it, we sold it. From subject removal to completion, the buyers went to the city, <clears throat> found that the city only has a record of three bathrooms in the place, and the place had four bathrooms. So they said, where did the fourth bathroom come from? Marketed. My guys bought it. had four bathrooms. Now it has four bathrooms. I don't know. Anyway, so apparently the previous seller put an extra bathroom in that was not permitted with the city. So the buyers got like scared and said, we're not completing on the deal. So my seller's like, well, what do I do? Sue them. That's it. Like, you got to talk to a lawyer. Anyway, didn't complete. He talked to his lawyer and he figured out he had to go to the city to get this extra bathroom. But I've never felt bad about the way that the negotiated. That was something that I had no clue about. Right, right, until right. Until after. Have you ever felt bad? No, I don't. I don't think. Like, good people who just want to get the best outcome don't treat people like shit. I, I felt I bad for situations that I've been in, you know. Uh, one of the reasons why I, I'm not super stoked to represent uh, a, a divorce um, is... Right, yeah, but you can't like, Because that, that's tough. Like, that, that sucks. Um, and that's... That's energy I, I, I kind of don't want to be around. But, uh, but again, like, I mean, uh, I say that, but if, it, if it's friends of mine in a divorce, you better believe I'm going to be there for yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Um, and I might, walk in, I might walk into a situation and be like, oh, this is, this is going to suck. Uh, but might as well finish it. Regardless, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've kind of stuck it out. Yeah. But have I negotiated to a... To anything that I, I can't sleep at night? <clears throat> I no. just wouldn't put myself in that situation. Yeah. I, I've never done a transaction. Just, for me, it's reputation, right? right it's no. long-term. Because the next person... I'm not person, thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. I don't give a shit about tomorrow. I'm thinking I, about 25 years from now, I want to have the best reputation in Greater Vancouver. I think about, like, right? like it, would my father be proud of me <laughs> right now? Would my, Damn, would my, That's what would my What would my mom say? Uh, and... Yeah, there's been times when I've like literally been eating dog food and looked at a transaction going, I can make this happen, but I would be a shady motherfucker to, to do it. And I've chosen dog food and being able to sleep at night over being a greaseball. And, and, I, and I, there's a lot of things that, that I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I can't sleep. But 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 Being my honest the clients but my not. business my transactions and and my honesty and my integrity are are not uh, those things that keep me up. Can we start? Again? Is this the first time we finished the two six? Holy shit! Did we not? Was that not? Was that not being recorded? It's it, recorded. Oh, it's recorded. It's just, oh, that was glorious. When are we okay. starting? No, we'll save it. You should also was, save uh, the part that we're talking about. Is it recorded or not? And put that in because that's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Okay, <laughs> there's one more thing I want to ask you, and then whatever you wrote down, wrote down there, doesn't look like real English to me, but you can ask me if you want. It just says, "Give me some dent shit." I don't know what that means. So you can ask me whatever question you want, but I okay. want to ask you one more question. Okay, you're like thirty-ish, 
going back to Liam ish, you're 30 ish days out from the hundred days. What is the oh, craziest, man. coolest, most exciting thing you learned about yourself in those hundred days? Cause I know there's some bad days. I follow your social media <laughs> yeah. in depth and I commented on lots of the posts throughout where you didn't want to go to the gym. It was like eight o'clock at night and you hadn't been in the gym that day, but you had to go cause you promised yourself. If I, if I, didn't, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have Instagram, keeping me accountable i have nobody to keep me accountable for anything isn't that a cool thing though so that's one of the cool things with the podcast is like i get to just voice my goals and opinions and like aspirations Uh, kind of holds me accountable because it's out there now yeah well that's it yeah um when when i was having those close to your face when i was having those those uh those moments that you watched that i had been in the parking lot of the gym for 20 minutes really fucking around on my phone just avoiding avoiding going in there because i didn't want to do it like i i was in the moment and been like okay like this is like the fourth time i've checked google news and the fourth (laughs) time i've checked like fourth time i've checked out like fucking world headlines and i'm still here and i haven't gone in the gym yet like there's a reason why i'm doing this it's avoidance behavior I don't want to do this. This is going to suck. So I turn, I flip my phone around and I'm like, all right, I'm going to record how much I don't want to fucking be here and how much I, how much this sucks. And those are the posts that I remember. That's totally. that stick out. That's just what I'm trying to get at. Is fucking, like, why can't we post the bad? Well, it's I mean, real. okay. Well, I wasn't going to be like, yeah, I remember that time I almost got married to that chick from Washington and, uh, <laughs> You know, and she sent me a WhatsApp message and said it was over after I dropped, I don't know, 25 grand US on a fucking rock. Yeah, I didn't mm. like put that shit out there because. It's out, it's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you talk to me, I mean, you know, shoot me a DM, shoot me a text message, and, I, and I, I'm happy to talk to you about some real shit. Do I need it to go out to the masses on, on what. Um, what makes me happy and, 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 and the positive shit I, 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 I try and put out there. Um, you know, somebody asked me a while ago about, like, about Poco. Like, why would I make a fucking page for my dog? That's stupid. Stupid that you'd make a page for your dog. And I'm like, well, you know, um, there's two reasons why I would like to do that. Number one is that there's something I can go back to and look at all the joy this little dog has brought to my life and how he's changed my life, but also all of the stuff that I put out there of him, it gets a lot of reaction, man. He's a, he's a, he's a fun little dude, and he brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. And if I could find a way to bring more joy and more happiness to someone from just like clicking on an Insta page or a post and seeing something that like kind of makes their day for a second, that's cool, you know? like. I'm all right with that. But that's the thing I'm focusing on. So that's the, that's the reason that I'm exploring this idea of why can't we be more honest on social media? Mm. Because other people are going through the same shit. So if we can provide value to someone else who's going through the same stuff as us that maybe doesn't have the same resources as we do. Because sure. you and I, we're pretty fucking lucky. We have a pretty cool crew of people that surround us. We have a ton of network that we have to rely on. But a lot of people don't have that. So the way that I look at negatives is if I share my experience and what my mind, what type of things go through my mind and how I get through these things 
can that provide value to someone else who maybe doesn't have the same network as me? Yeah. Yes. Just make sure so it doesn't turn into that. a shit tornado. All I and can I, say though is that like when I was in pain, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not looking at I'm not looking at uh when when people are out of it. And and I'm certainly not a like when I'm in pain, I'm not writing about little wins or I'm not writing about uh, getting out when I'm when you're when you're in it mm-hmm. it's it's all consuming you know it's it's all consuming and and literally waking up in the morning and and for a second when you wake up and you're mad that you did wake up fuck like that's that's entirely that's that's a podcast into itself when you when you wake up in the morning and you there's a tear that strolls down your face because you woke up in the first place. Like that's, that's, you're not, you're not looking at anything else. And so that's to, to me, when it comes to the social media aspect, mm-hmm. aspect of things is there was plenty of times when I was looking on social media and plenty of times when I was posting or not posting. And in some, in some cases, uh, you know, just, just posting false false shit uh is because like the like the reality of it is not only going to affect me because it's it's out there it's forever but it's also going to affect like whoever is seeing it do you let me ask you this do you think if you were in the darkest shit that you've ever gone through in your life Mm -hmm. and one of your very close friends posted a video, some sort of context where they were in that situation and these were the small things that helped them get a little bit better, would you see a glimmer of hope in terms of like that person felt a little bit of what I feel? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, can, I can improve. Yeah, okay, sure. So, so that's what I'm getting at is like yeah, but, sharing but, the experience is so valuable. But here's the thing is you're not sharing the experience. You're sharing the after the experience. You're you're sharing when you're when you're out of it, but you're being honest about what you felt in that moment. Yeah, sure. Only and, you and, know. and any and any survivor will 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 say that. Like, hey, so there was this one time that um that things are really really bad, and this one tiny thing happened, and it was it was great. But like, that's not posting in the moment. That's posting after. That's posting. That's posting on the when 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 you're through it. If you were to post on social media when you're in the middle of it, man, no, don't, don't do it. So don't. Okay, let's take this outside of depression because depression is a real problem mm-hmm. that I have never gone through fully. So I don't. I don't understand, and I can't give any context into that. Let's pull it outside. Let's pull it into like entrepreneurship. Starting year one. Is posting about the entire journey valuable to someone down the road who looks at your feed and understands that, oh shit, they're eating Mr. Noodles and Kraft Dinner as well. Yeah. This is a real thing that happens that I just need to get through. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think that uh, on the embarkation of uh, of any new venture 
that's that's a part of it. Like so the I, journey is valuable. Journey is valuable for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, I have zero context in depression, other than just like it's seeing and witnessing yeah, friends go through it. Is something else to it's different. Hundred yeah, percent is yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but like, at the same yeah, time, like, once you're pushing yourself through. How much value can you provide people that are actually going through sure. it today yeah, man. by I sharing mean, the experience? Yeah, there's all those shitty times when I first got going about like <laughs> not having food or or whatever or making dog food for Poco, which we we talked about, <laughs> uh, and eating the same thing that I was feeding my dog for a couple of years or having someone swing by just to see how I was doing. Uh and she came over and just like opened my fridge and all my cupboards and saw that I had no food and then took me grocery shopping. Yeah, those things happen. And those things are uh, a part of entrepreneurship and a part of like just paying your dues, man. Yeah, it, um, I don't think those times of being broke and those times of like really, really striving and, and, and working hard uh, to get our head are any different than um, anyone paying their dues in a union. You know, like mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta feel a little pain to grow. It, those are growing pains. Um, and, and do I look back at those times on how to like creatively make a hot dog pretty awesome? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like that's some fun shit. And I could teach you a way to make a hot dog like pretty goddamn gourmet. And, <laughs> And pretty delicious. Also, I can teach you some fun things to do with like ramen noodles. Because I had to learn that shit. <laughs> and and that's that's fun stuff. That's like that's fun that's fun business growing things. Um but like the 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 dark side of the the uh the the, the depression um and actual like like not situational depression but like mental illness, depression are, are two totally different things. Two totally different things. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna suck. There's there's lots of times that I I went to the grocery store and had like a uh, like a, a cart full of stuff and then like put it in my card and they're like, yeah, no, you're this is not happening. Like you need to you're you can't aff- you no, this isn't happening. And and like been like had a crowd of people behind me and going through items. And seeing if I could pay for this, this, or this. That's embarrassing and totally shitty and and motivating to push you to 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 try harder and, and to and to and to go ahead. But that is a, a totally different thing than like, you know, uh and like I, I made comments on that too. Like I posted on Facebook because I don't think Instagram is really a thing. At that time, but I'm like, well, this was cool. My first experience going through the fucking checkout and having the girl say, your card is declined. And there's like a ton of people behind me and I don't know how I'm going to feed me or my dog. And now that I know that my card was declined on, I don't know, $60 worth of food. What's going to happen to my fucking post-dated rental check? Because uh, that's kind of screwed up too. And like, and that, and that being like terrifying, but that's like, that's money stuff. That that's money stuff, and and it's gonna suck, and it's gonna be shitty. But you can find your way past money stuff. 
and I, and I would write and I would post on social media about some of those more embarrassing times. Because that's just embarrassment, and that's just, that's just, uh, that's just money. It's, the funny thing about money is you can always get more, right? That's just, that's just money stuff. But like, like the, the, the mental, mental illness stuff and like, the, like that stuff, you, you can't get around. And, and you can't post funny shit about that because there's nothing funny at all about it, you know? Uh, and that's like, that's, and not situational depression, like I said. You can be, I, I was pretty depressed about my card being declined. Like that sucked. But that's not the same as some of the other stuff, right? So, yeah. I've never, okay, I've never been through it, so I have zero context into this world. Mm. But is there any, like, small piece of advice that you can give to people that are going through it currently? Which part? Like, real depression. No. Uh, Seek a professional immediately. Don't try and do it on your own. Don't try and do it on your own. That's a good piece of advice. Don't do it on your own. No, don't. Yeah. Don't. Uh, understand that it's it's totally normal. You're not you're not alone. Like that's what's important though. And so that was my only point in terms of like sharing a story, whether it's during, after, whatever, sharing the story so that people understand that they're not by themselves in this world. Yeah, man. If you have some dark thoughts, if you have some dark thoughts, think of those dark thoughts as like if you found a lump on your body. If you, and this might be the only thing in this entire podcast worth uh, really putting out there. Uh, <laughs> if you wake up in the morning and you're pissed off, that you woke up. This might be something to talk to somebody about. Um, and, and think of think of it as like if you woke up and felt like a weird lump. You think you'd talk to a doctor about it? Probably would. That's that's weird. So you woke up and you're like, well, this sucks. That's probably something to talk to somebody about. You know? Like not all of life is going to be awesome or, or rosy, but if you think that the world is probably a better place without you in it, or your family or your friends are better off without you around, or you are better off slipping into a absolute oblivion of darkness, there's, there's probably, like, that's probably like good fodder to speak to a professional. Um, because like I don't think that's any different than than feeling pain in a weird place and, and talking to somebody or like if you have a chronic disease of any kind like this is mental illness and mental illness is is real you know I mean you can't just like fucking shrug off your PTSD you can't just like shrug off like some of your experiences that have like affected and 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 changed the way that your brain works like you need to talk to somebody 
period. And if you're an entrepreneur, doubly so. <laughs> Without a doubt, because that's, shit will really hit the fan when you're an entrepreneur and dealing with everything on your own anyway. Uh, I, if, that, if that makes any sense, and that would be the one thing that I would really stress from, from today's podcast. I like it. We didn't talk I think about that's a me. pretty good way to end. Yeah? I don't know. I feel okay. like you wrote something down that you wanted to talk to me about. So I wrote Feel free to down. Write, say it now. Otherwise, we're wrapping up and we're getting out of here. Give me some Denny shit. What does that mean? I mean, tell me something that's awesome that you've done in the last six months, which I've seen a ton of shit that you've done in the last six months. Awesome in the last six months? Like, tell me about Coachella, bro. I didn't go to Coachella. I went oh. to Stagecoach. Oh, Stagecoach. And oh. it's much better. Okay. So okay, well tell me tell me about stage. Stagecoach is the country music version. <gasps> what? You went to a country music festival in Palm Springs? I only like country well, I like other music too, but I like country music a lot. Well, we're learning an awful lot about Danny Dumas right now. Everyone knows I like country music. Really? Yeah. I had a country music guy, Joe Dramation, on here recently. He's legit. Was he as cool as me? Because uh, apparently not. Got more Instagram followers. <laughs> well, we just talked about how Instagram is not a very, very viable way for you to I view. definitely do not judge people based on their Instagram followers, just for the record. Well, that's fantastic because your client's <laughs> dog just destroyed me <laughs> like eight or nine. I know. Allie's crushing it right now. Yeah. 60,000 for her dog. And her dog's pretty awesome. Her as awesome as Poco. Awesome. Uh, Maybe more photogenic than Poco. Poco's a chubby dude, <laughs> and he's not super photogenic. Okay, we're going to end on this. Oh, God. What does Poco do when it's raining outside? Go. What does Poco do when it's raining outside? Yes. Fucking fight me on putting a harness on and, like, go going outside. outside to go poop? This dog lived in the streets of Mexico and is afraid of having walking through wet grass. He doesn't like he doesn't like anything damp on his paws, man. He uh I have to I have to like f- like fight him, physically pick him up or bribe him with food to stand up enough to put a harness on him to drag him outside. What what time is it right now? Like 8, 8:30? Something like that. Nine o'clock. So nine o'clock. Poco's <laughs> Poco has taken two peas outside today, and I dragged him outside and forced him to go poop. So he like he has consumed my day because I like go home, stops brain like stops for like raining for like a little bit. So leave the office, take him home, like go back, get him outside. It's a nightmare. Fuck this if guy. If you man. don't follow Liam Rides. His Instagram is Serious Liam. You cannot post this in Serious Liam thing. Serious Lemur. Serious Lemur. Serious Liam R. His dog videos are fucking hilarious because Poco will literally not go outside in the rain. If it's raining outside, he they'll go into the hallway of their condo and he'll sit in the in the hallway. And Liam is at the elevator being like, Poco, let's fucking go. Oh, he's (laughs) you have to go pee. This is ridiculous. And he's he's just, a dick. He's just lying in the hallway. But he's smart as fuck. He knows it's raining out there. He doesn't want to go out there. Oh, yeah. No, he he can hear it. And he's... <laughs> he just hears the rain. He's, he's like, no. He's sharp. <laughs> Not happening. 
He's sure. Will he just he's hold sure. it all day? Yeah, he would. He's a he's a gentleman. He's like uh, the only time, the only time I've ever. This way, so many bow ties. The only time I've ever seen him make a mess in the house is when he's been like sick, 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 mm-hmm. and you know you can't you can't blame him for that. But there's there's certainly been times when he's we're in the middle of monsoon season here in Vancouver, and that fucking kid is like held it for a day and a half. <laughs> And I'm not even mad. I'm just like, you're a champion. Uh, That's for... a little quote from Anchorman. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. He, he, I say that to Poco often, man. Like, cause there's, he does a ton of weird shit. I, I will eventually create his own Insta page. What's it going to be called? The Legend of Poco. I am Poco Loco. Poco Loco is a good one. No, Poco that's, Loco. Dude, do you know that's that was his name? I did not know. I that didn't was name him Poco. I our office is in Poco. I have close ties to Poco. I live in Poco. Poco meaning Porco Quitlam. Um I did not name Poco. He was named by the people in Mexico that were like introducing me to him as Poco Loco, which means little crazy. <laughs> And so, like, I walk him around Porco Quitlam, and they're like, oh, your dog is really nice. What's his name? I'm like, Poco. They're like, ah, amazing. And I'm like, no, man, I did not name this fucking kid. Like, his name was Poco Loco, and I didn't give it to him. So, anyway. Amazing. Oh, God. Okay, let's wrap. Fuck, dude. Liam, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on again. It's always good to catch up, man. Can we do this again, though? I feel like we. I don't like. Have I think unlimited they, information. I think you have talk a about. fucking job ahead of you for <laughs> for editing the shit out of this. Zero edits. If Carl's gonna edit my Anyone. sneezing, I was gonna be a lot. My coughing, uh-huh. and the time that I went to the bathroom. Yeah. Can you edit the time when I like just whipped it out and started jerking off the table? Or <laughs> no, that you, stays. That's thing. Oh, <laughs> damn it! All right, this is getting vulgar. I thought I was a circle jerk. Guys, I love you. If you want to tune in to (laughs) Poco Loco, check him out on Instagram. Soon to be there. (laughs) Leave us a review. This is a good one. Do not. (laughs) This was a really good one. No review. No. Review us on this episode specifically. Zero to Hear Podcast with Liam Ryan's. Throw it out for like a like a mulligan. I'll take a mulligan. (laughs) I'll take a mulligan on this. That'd be all right. All right. Good night, guys. Thank you. Oh God. (laughs) 